Run that back, turn bro. Get the dash and I blow the brains. Blow the brain. Got cash on a private plane. Got cash on a private plane. Uh. Couple M's I'm signing exchange. Couple M's I'm signing exchange. Rich man, no time to explain. Rich man, no time to explain. Huh? Rich man, plane. Made back with a wood grain. Support the black man. Freedom, man. Freedom. And welcome to the Black Print. J5 here. Josh P's fresh off the fucking plane. Man. Delta P. Delta P. Josh P's in the building. Delay P. Delay P. <laughs> Delta P. I'm trying to get my diamond miles up. You know, I'm trying to be one of them. They shouted the nigga out to just hit a million miles no. on this flight. On the flight. Had to clap it up for that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga be flying. <laughs> Bro, it was like, shout out to blah, blah, blah. And seat, whatever. He just flew his million, a million miles. I was like, damn, nigga. But yeah. Thanks for spending this much money with our ass. Uh, also, man behind the boards, MC. What's good, MC? You know, Ritual Mill Plane is my song of 2022, and it's a two-year-old song, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of sick. Did not know that. I'm going back to Dripper Drown 2 because Classic. I think I'm ready to listen to like Gunna and Thug again. Like It was sad for a minute, but yeah. it's my happy music, man. Did you yeah. take a I'm break? I'm happy when I Did you take a break for real? Say what? Did you take a break? Yeah, I took a break. Yeah, I haven't listened. I hadn't listened to like Thug and Gunna since May. I had to keep heartbroken. I was heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas was heartbroken. Hey, I was man. Like, man, this shit ain't the same. Free so, man. They gonna be good. This, this, this shit won't the same, man. I was like, yo, it, it, I was just legitimate because the thing is that happened when they got arrested. It was like the week of my wedding, so I couldn't really like. Yeah, I wasn't even actually even enjoy your wedding. I couldn't even. Slimes <laughs> is locked up. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> I couldn't even enjoy shit. So like you know, like it, it, it was, it's been tough for me. But I went back and listened to Dripper Drown. I was listening to Jeffrey a lot this weekend. Yeah, so yeah, Jeffrey's like, a good album. Yeah, so like I, I went back to kind of like the some of my favorite projects of them, and you know I'm ready again. So I'm, I'm I'm praying again. When I hear the words Jeffrey, I just think about Wyclef. Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey, yeah, that's all I hear in my head right now. Most random pairing in the world, man. That was, that was that. What did he call that song, Kanye West? Yeah, but then he had Wyclef on the album, the song. <laughs> then, you know, that album was so great though because he literally was making songs for the people he named the songs. Exactly, after. exactly. And like Rihanna sounds like Rihanna, Rihanna got song. on that. Yeah, yeah like. I actually have an idea around those songs that I want to bring back at some point in my life. But I, um, It was genius because it's like, I always bring up Future Swag, but it was like that being the mere culpa between them two, where it yeah. was like, you know, I'm sorry, like, I've been on bullshit. This is my tribute <laughs> to you. I liked it, man. Like, no, I, I just think it was Doug. Doug, I don't know why I called him Doug just now. I think that was Thug just kind of like, you know, bowing down and showing respect to like someone who he knows influences stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate it because then we get super slimy after that and yeah. the the world just it just gets better. But free YSL. We had a we had a good uh we had a good episode of Black Print Radio a couple of days ago. Yeah, that, we uh did. we had Chris Sanford on there, writer for Rap Shit, also was a writer for Insecure. Uh he dropped some 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 knowledge on us. Uh one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, no, I gotta man. Say. Chris is like one of my very, very good friends. Love yeah. that guy. I've known him damn near all my life. We've lived multiple lives together, like from rap shit to <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> to the shit we're doing now in our lives. So it was good to just have a conversation with him because we've never done that before. Yeah. Like on that, a platform at least. Um, I want to see him do more of that shit, man. He right. killed it. Yeah, he yeah. did. He they they need to they need to put him out there on, on and do press because mm-hmm. it's like 
I, I you wouldn't have even known he was in the writers room. I see a lot of like Prentice. I see her a lot, um, and other people like that who were writing. But yeah. I mean, to to prove that he should be, I mean, Issa showed us some love on the clip that we yeah, put out. No, shout out to Issa for the retweet. Yeah, man, that was dope. That was love. I yeah. was like, yo, I was I, shocked. Yeah, I was shocked too. <laughs> it's funny though; she's tapped in. Yeah, like she sees and listens to everything. So it was dope that she saw that and acknowledged it. Um, I got the natural, like organic. She commented storage. first. Yeah, she commented. <laughs> she commented. I was like, "That's a moment for me." Yeah, I woke up seven thirty eight a.m. and I saw it. It was the first thing I saw when I woke up, and I was just like, "This ain't real. This is a fucking Korean page or some shit. Like, uh. this is a bot. <laughs> this isn't real." And then she re- she or and then Chris texted us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, like a little separate chat, and, and he was like, "Yo, Issa reposted." And I said, "Whoa, like, amazing. That's 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 crazy. Like, you know, shout out to LA." Uh, my 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 wife's friend's dog is here. So if you hear some that dog crying, it's because they went out and uh, she's like, "Where the fuck are they at?" We're not yeah. we're not abusing dogs, okay? Like the dog's just crying. Shout oh. out to to Jen. Jesus Christ. Anyway, <laughs> so if you hear the dog whining, it's because his, his owner went to the store. Um, but yeah, shout out to Easter for that. If you haven't heard it, uh, it's a great episode. You're here at the tail end of this episode. Patreon members, of course, you guys have already heard it or you were there on Wednesday. Of course, five dollars on the Patreon. You get all types of stuff. Josh, we need to update on these shirts, man. This yeah, is becoming this is it's, becoming like the, the the meme from the Kimmel show. Yeah. They didn't have time for Matt Damon. Like this is this is what it's become <laughs> now. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't get that joke until like three years into it. Like, they was like, Matt Damon is this busy? What the fuck? This thing keep. It's just been like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's what this shirt has become. It's ubiquitous right. with with tardiness. No, I have. <laughs> Josh is pulling up a, the design right I have now. A new idea for, I don't have the design. <laughs> I have a design I had that I'm about to repurpose for this. It's actually really good. Okay. It's um. So don't show I'm anyone. Tell y'all. Yeah. Uh, Patreon people, let's let's link in the Patreon. I'm gonna show y'all the designs. Y'all oh see man. <laughs> I'm about to say this is this is gonna sound real Elizabeth Holmes just real quick. Please don't give us the Elizabeth Holmes uh, answer. Oh nah, don't say that. don't say that. <laughs> Walgreens, we coming. <laughs> Oh man, but shout out to shout out to Ezer, shout out to Chris Sanford, man. Rap shit on HBO Max right now. We're gonna talk about HBO a little bit later on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the wrestling community also got a got a got a taste of Josh P's. Yeah, you know I'm, I'm on a press circuit, so you know <laughs> I showed up on the um, you know I'm on a little junket right now. Um, showed up on the A show this week. Yeah, on the A show, I showed up with Mills and and J Five, and you know you know we just talk wrestling, man. You know, just kick kicking shit. It's and funny, it was- I'm just like wrestling just came back around for me at least. Yeah, yeah. In so many different ways now. Like since I went to WrestleMania, anytime I see someone I haven't seen in a bit, they're like, "Oh, you went to WrestleMania? I want to go." Like they yeah. just, it's a conversation now, and like it's interesting. Like damn. it's ba- it's back in LA next year. Yeah, I'll be there. Tentative plans going out. We we trying to get we trying to we trying to set that up right now. Oh yeah, pre sale goes on sale what Thursday. Thursday, yeah, mm-hmm. Thursday. Uh, at SoFi Stadium. They're gonna I, be there. I just laughed at myself because coming in on the plane, um, this lady saw SoFi. She's like, Sophie Stadium, Sophie <laughs> Stadium. She like chanted that shit. Like SoFi woman, sit your ass down. Also, uh, you were in a segment called "I'm Not a Star," where Meals, you know, my my co-host on that show, he he came up with this idea. He was like, "I think it would be perfect for Josh. Oh, I man. think he'll kill it. I think it'll it will be definitely be something that people talk about on this episode. We celebrated our 250th episode, 250 weeks oh, shit. in that's, a row. That's consistent, man. That, that's in a row. <laughs> I'll be feeling like I'm consistent doing this shit for it. How long has it been? This seven is weeks. Seven. T- <laughs> we got a hot. We got a hot sixteen. 16 yeah. weeks, man. 16 that's weeks. That's great. And, and no, the thing good. is, that's bi-weekly too, so it's not like... Yeah. 
It's good for me, though. Man. Yeah. <laughs> He's some consistent in my life. Uh, so, so we were celebrating our 250th episode. He created this game where he would bring up the pictures of certain wrestlers. And he would ask you, like, or do you feel like they're stars? Upon first look, obviously, yeah. Josh, you're, you're a lapsed fan. You know what I'm saying? You don't watch weekly. And that's completely fine. Like, you, you tap in, yeah. you know, the, the big events. And that's they usually catch you up. So you, you were there. It was a live show. A couple of people were, were obviously notably upset. What was upset? One of the one of the wrestlers, I believe her name was Rhea Ripley. Did, did, did she reach out? Nah, she didn't reach oh, out. I was about but, to say. but one of her fans was like, "Who is this?" <laughs> one of the fans was like, "Who is this guy? How dare he say Rhea is not a star?" But uh, who who <laughs> what did you say was a star? He said, "How dare you say Rhea Ripley was not a star?" But uh, but Nikita Lyons was. I knew I knew, <laughs> I knew that was going to be the conspiracy. And I, I just, but I, you didn't say she wasn't a star. You said it looked like she was at the club. Like yeah, at the honestly, club. you know, she got really. Let me stop. <laughs> let me stop. Hey, Rhea Ripley, shout out to you. If you're a star, you're a star. Hey, right, does she have a belt? <laughs> no, she don't. Like, All right, well, you're not a star, nigga. Get your weight up. Well, you did. Well, you did say somebody with a belt was not a star last week too. You buried Bobby last that? week. You buried Bobby Lashley last week. Come on, he's not a star though. Look at that. <laughs> he has a belt. Black Goldberg. <laughs> Like, come on, man. <laughs> oh man, the the slander will never stop for Bobby Lashley. But a couple people were upset. Does it does it kind of shock you still? Like that they like people will get so upset about things that you say. No, it's funny. It's I always as a joke. Like I've tweeted this before. Like you really, it's hard to debate me on my opinion. Like yeah, my opinion is undebatable. <laughs> it's not going to change it's my mind. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you think that, and that's cool. Like we can coexist and be. You know, I just think, and that and that's why I love life in the world i love the contrast of things i yeah. love when people don't like certain things and people don't like things i like i love that right i love that when right. i when there's an artist i love and people don't love it i'm like oh yes i got one <laughs> but i think what i appreciated about that segment was that like everyone's like who the fuck is this guy oh yeah that's shit? another thing so and i think like, that's the best part about it that's like, it i mean I, the funny part about shit like that is i can fuck around and start calling myself like authority on wrestling <laughs> And I could probably get it off. Like, it's so crazy how you could just be anything, like, and do anything in this world. But they, I think people were upset about the Nikita Lions. And I think the funniest part about it was that I was like, what do you think about her political leanings? And you were like, what do you think about WWE's political yeah, leanings? Yeah, it's like, what? Like, come on, look at the whole thing. It's just all corrupt and, and right. But um, Because it's like people love to play, like, kind of like the woke Olympics with wrestling. Like, this is the most... Come on, backwoods kind of yeah. carny shit. They still be doing like little like huh? like side eye like <laughs> politically incorrect bullshit. Like like what what have you seen lately that's politically I'm incorrect? Think of one, street man. profits. I mean yeah, street profits. It's like what are y'all doing? Like it just I be seeing little shit. I just let it go. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, but that's but that's wrestling. That's what's supposed to be. It's like a a play or a soap yeah, opera. Yeah. It's over the top. It's a little like it's theatric. It's theatrics. That's what it is. I'm not mad at it. But if you guys haven't heard it, it's the A Show, 250th episode. Josh P is on there. It's hilarious. Yeah, shots in the key to lines. I think people got an idea of what we do on this show and and what what we deal with every other week. With Man, <laughs> tap in, shout out to my people who watch the A Show. You know. So um, and it's some tragic news this week. Real tragic. Uh, really bad car crash happened over the week. Um, six people I believe passed yeah. away during this. Uh. A nurse, uh, I guess she was having an emotional issue. Uh, she she caused a crash on the Brand Slauson on, on Wednesday afternoon. Um, the video is insane. Crazy. Literally, what, what, 
What did you think when you saw that no, video? No, Because when I see it, I'm like waiting no, for it to I, happen. It's funny. Like, it was like when it happened, that intersection is just a popular intersection. Yeah. That gas station I was there, yeah. I remember they were building that for like 20 years. Yeah. It was like, that was like the joke in LA. Like, is this shit ever going to be done? Right. So that, and that intersection is coming down the hill from Stalker. People drive fast down that hill. Yeah. She was coming down from, um, she was coming west or she was going east, coming down Slauson. Though. Yeah. So I thought like when someone said it was an accident there, my homie was, he lives right there. So right. he saw all the helicopters and shit. He got on Citizen app and he was sending this shit like, yo, this is going on by my house right now. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Right. And we like, damn, like what the hell? Like it, the Citizen app shit looked crazy. Right. And then to see that gas station camera. And see her like flying down Slauson and just like literally no brakes on nothing. I was like, this is ridiculous, bro. Like that was literally a suicide mission. Like um, pregnant woman, yeah. child, passed, other people, you know, passed away. So, you know, prayers up for for their families. But again, it's like it makes you really think like, man, people really be going through some shit, man. Like bro, you never fucking fuck, know. This is my thing. <clears throat> people ain't going through shit. She was arguing with her boyfriend. Right. Started drunk driving. Right. And killed five six people like and had and she had little to no injuries she was on the curb like drinking water getting assisted like by the by the emt so, so my thing is this <clears throat> i saw somebody on twitter say this i don't even know if it's fucking true somebody said the reason that she didn't fucking end up in a worse condition is because she was drunk she was relaxed oh yeah no that's that's really real that i've heard i hear about that all the time yeah like that happens in a lot of car accidents yeah like if you're drunk your body is so because like it, most people like jerk around yeah, trying to get out and stuff like exactly, that. Like yeah. that's scary as fuck. Yep. So um, it's said that the, the district attorney in L.A., they, they pretty much they're, they're going to book her. I don't know if she's out yet. No, she she, uh, she's on the I know they booked her and it's like a two million dollar bond. Shit. Fry her. They need to put her death penalty. Bring it back. Because just, bring there's, it here. there's so many things that could bury her here. No, no pun intended. It, it is like the drunk driving. The speeding, yeah. the on the phone, whatever the fuck. There's like, no defense for that. Yeah, like literally, like just, just no awareness. Like, you, th- it, you think it's life? Terrible. You think you think it's life? Or? Oh yeah, it's life, bro. They about to fry her. Yeah, that, that was a tragedy, bro. Like that shit just felt throughout LA. Like I, it's right. funny talking to my friends who are from other. Like you live here, of course. But yeah. I've been talking to people who aren't here and they heard about it. Right. Like even family members. I'm just like, yo, like that shit. It's, it's scary. scary. It makes you scared to drive. And because we saw it, like. I'm literally looking at that like this. It's like a what a 38 second video that yeah. that, that, that people see. It's only the literally like the 30 second second of the video Bro. that it happens and then it's over. Well, <laughs> one thing is like that intersection is a busy intersection. Yeah. As soon as it happened, people jumped out their car. Yeah. Video recording IG live. Right. We live in some crazy times, right. bro. Right. I literally saw bodies in the street. Yeah. Like. Baby fetuses coming out That's of the crazy. womb and sh- like I'm like how what the fuck are we living in? Yeah, like, that is fucked up. Hey, everything doesn't need to be on the internet, folks. <laughs> Did they actually like, record that? Got- yes, it's, if you want to search for it, you'll find it. Like, and I'll see the feet. Oh, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I, the, yeah. the the actual video of the crash is is already enough. Seeing a car hit something with such force that it bursts an explosion, like it's GTA shit, is already jarring enough for me. But if people are recording like fetuses on the street, that's kind of wild. That's uh, I mean, we live in an area of just like, you know, but think of our camera. Like one, one thing that scared me was that that explosion was so close to the gas station. That's another thing. I that could have been yeah. 10 times worse. Yeah. There's people who were pumping their gas. Yeah. Like scared. Yeah. Like that. It was just. Yeah. Because then that six turns into 106. It Man. turns into, you know what I'm saying? It, that intersection numbers. is so crazy. It's an oil field right behind right. there. Because you're coming down. Four gas stations. Exactly. Because like you're coming down from, if you're coming out the 405 and you're, you get off at um, 
uh, Sepulveda. Yep. Like you're coming off of that exit, yep. and it, everyone comes down off of that exit because it leads to everywhere. It leads to uh, leads to Fairfax. It leads to it's fucking just, everywhere. I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, I it, it, not shocked. Right, that intersection is ridiculous. People right. always fucking speeding through that intersection. Right, but um. I'm just like that. She wasn't speeding. Like she was speeding, but it wasn't like she was speeding and just get somewhere. She was like, like it was full traffic going. Like it was like yeah. it wasn't like it was like oh she was just at the red light, like or missed the yellow light. A hundred miles. Yeah, an hour, it was bro. like traffic already coming <laughs> exactly. down the block. Like, it wasn't like she was. Like, <laughs> she didn't even had a right away. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. why like, she's really crazy. Like yeah. we need to fry her. Like bro, if I was in the scene, I probably would have punched that lady. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that I would that I that, that like was brought up and it, again i didn't bring this up i saw it is, is is that like a lot of people who are like rns nurses like they go through a lot of shit a lot of stress she's a traveling nurse man ain't no excuse I, I know it's no excuse but like do you think that that could be a, like a a possible defense like hey like i have a high she's stress job back to fucking texas <laughs> so they can do what they do in texas to people who do shit like that because honestly I, that's another thing that's come up around this LA people like get these Arizona's out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and and Mark wanted to know, or, or MC wanted to know, like, how are we gonna get them out of here? And, and what was your what was your uh what was I your solution? What I said. <laughs> you said to keep robbing them. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we yeah, LA not we not going. Like when they found we should when people start finding out she was from Texas, they were like, Oh yeah, she gotta go. gotta go. She gotta go. No, well, she's she's gonna get tried here. Uh, it'll be, be one of her worst, one of her worst trips uh, out here, you know, that she's, she's ever had. But like, again, like you never really know what people are going through, but it's also like, bro, you got to watch yourself. Like the drunk part is where I think it's intent. Cause it's like, if, to me, like, and I don't want to like kind of prophesize or say like anything darker than what it is, but it felt like, again, like you said, like it was a suicide. Man. It felt oh, like no. she wanted to like, no, that was, I bro. <laughs> Uh, it's just woman toxic relationships. Yeah. Men and women are so crazy, and they'll drive people to do crazy things. Right, and I can fully see her being like, if on you the phone, phone yeah. on on speaker, nigga, I'm about to kill myself. <laughs> I'm not trying to laugh. But it's not funny, but it, bro, that's what. That's what these women be on. Like men, men be on women. it too. Men, men be on it too. Men be on it more, honestly. honestly <laughs> exactly. Men be on it more. A dude, a dude is quick to hit that. I'll kill myself. Hey, <laughs> I, would, I, I would keep it real. A lot of these mass shootings have been because of these dudes and their their situations with women. Right. Like not being able to have them and, and lusting after Incels, them and being shit. breaking up. Yeah. So yeah, men are just as crazy. But I think just toxic relationships in general, man, like they'll drive people to do wild things. And that's why I tell people like everyone I've talked to about this. I'm like, yo, stay out of toxic situations. Right. Like that literally like her friend is on TV telling them. Did you see that? That I was saw crazy. That. I'm like, I, it don't even feel real, bro. That's why I said we live in an assimilation. Like that's why when, even when I like laugh at things like I'm, you know, I'm black. So I'm laughing not to cry. But um, in that's, general. That, that is a crazy. Oh, uh, no, nah, bro. That's, it's not, hey, not capped though. It's not capped. Yeah, it that's, that's it real ain't. life. But other than that, I laugh and I and I joke about a lot of things that probably aren't are serious topics because I truly believe we're living in assimilation. Yeah, and this is real, bro. I, 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 
I will say, though, like as far as like the local perspective, I just see so many of this conversation from Atlanta that are, people are just saying like, yo, there's too many people, too many foreigners coming into Atlanta. Stay where you are because it's getting wild. It's getting hectic. And from I don't know if it's way past that in L.A. Obviously, you're speaking to somebody that is interested in moving to Los Angeles to pursue different yeah. uh, uh, um, uh, different lifestyles and things like that. What does that worry <laughs> what you? What lifestyle are you pursuing, Mark? Does that worry you? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of lifestyle are you about to pursue, Mark? You can live a lot to, of lifestyles. I, <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to find, I was trying to find the the, the, the best verbiage for that. And lifestyles, was, <laughs> lifestyles was the thing that came up first and foremost. Like, I'll hey, you know. love who you want to love, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what? How does that get? How does that get that sound? But to answer your question, <laughs> LA is run on transplants and and out of town business, so you're fine. Atlanta need to chill out. They sound like Hawaii right now. <laughs> Hawaii? They need to chill out. Hawaii. Don't go to Hawaii. Don't I'll touch the sacred land. Like, yeah, no. Hawaii right now. No, what they're, they they're dead ass there? about that. They're dead ass no. about that. Yeah, no, just like the, the natives, they're like, yo, the, the like since the pandemic, yeah. the, the rise in tourism has, has been so crazy. They're not, they're, they can't handle it. Yeah. And they're like, yo, like one of the things I did for, was a little petty. They were complaining about like longer wait times for food, oh, ninety man. minute wait All times. Right. Like, welcome nigga. to LA, nigga. <laughs> That's short. <laughs> welcome to LA. LA is ninety minutes. Well, I'm gonna go to the mall and but, come back, but back. This is what you gotta understand too. Is like, I mean, to a certain extent, Hawaii is a small town yeah. feeling, and like you know, they get overwhelmed. They can't so, handle that shit. It's like, it's like I haven't been. It's like village, that, unless you're on like a resort, a, yeah. a, a explicit resort for that. Almost in the same way like Jamaica is in, the, in a sense. Like you're leaving the city to go to the resort. Exactly. You know? So, yeah, no, but I, but I mean, like I, I don't know what what how to solve it, but I like I don't know if there'll be something more serious to come out of this. That's my that's my out thought. of this situation. Yeah. I think it's just going to raise the, I know I've noticed it already. It's raising like the world or LA's consciousness. People yeah. are just like, man, like, you know, like you got to be careful on the road. Yeah. You got to like, you never know what people are going through. Yeah. And, like, I feel like a lot more people are more empathetic to just other people at this point now. How? And I think people are driving better too. I, will no, say. I don't know. I don't know about I, that. I'll say people, I think, I think people are driving better on the road. MC, one thing about, about LA, the driving part. If you would, ha- I didn't have road rage at all before I got here. Oh man, I gained it. Oh, I learned man. it. It is a learned. It is a learned uh, commodity to learn to to be a a fucking rage driver out here. Mm-hmm. But how shitty does does the boyfriend feel right now? Man. <laughs> should he feel bad though? I mean, I mean, I mean honestly speaking, I mean, should he feel bad? Like he was like, no. I, I feel like the first thing he said I was her crazy ass. First thing he said was what? Like, is she alive? And then he, they said, yeah. He said. Oh, it's like she's gone now. Nah, he was like, she's alive. <laughs> Y'all so damn green. I swear to God. No, I, I can't get rid of her. You can't get rid of her. You talking about her like she's the Joker, bro? Come on now. Man. Oh man, she her hand came out the wreckage, nigga. Like, it's like oh my I'm only joking because I know she's about to get about twenty five to life at this point. So like, you know, man. boyfriend. The, the, the boyfriend is like. What did he say? I don't know. I, it's fun. It's not funny. But when I see situations like this, too, I always think about like I can't wait for the movie around this to come out. Oh God, the movie's gonna be great. The Hulu, uh, the Hulu yeah. docu series, traveling ICU nurse, probably showing her doing all that little good <laughs> shit, patching somebody up that just got shot, just to fuck around and drink after work. <laughs> Fucking alcoholic. I think a lot of stuff's gonna come up. You know, 
that out of out of it, whether it be good or bad, whether it be like a moment where you're like, okay, I this is why she would do it. I understand why she do it, but it's like hell no, the, there's no understanding why she would do that. But I feel like the onus resolves around the boyfriend, the boy, whatever he said to her, set her to you fuck crazy off. For thinking it's the boyfriend's fault. See. I'm not saying it's. Nah. I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm. It's clearly her fault. Hey, I'm just Whatever saying like, said, what was what, said. Want to do his own thing? Just I like, think that's I, what I that, want to deal with this. That's what I'm saying. Like, with the, imagine, he, bro. That's, that's what I was thinking about the other day. She did that. Imagine what she did before that. <laughs> like probably cutting up his clothes. She had traveling there. Where's she running from? Where's the boyfriend? Has a boyfriend here? Or is he over there? Like in Texas? Oh like, no, it had to be in Texas, right? We don't know. See. What, what is she questions. running from? Is crazy. It's traveling nurse. What the fuck is a traveling nurse? There's a lot of them. I know. I saw. I was. <laughs> I'd be really. I'm like. I, this is so random. So I'd be on Reddit a lot. Like this, I know you'd be on Reddit. Yeah. No, but I'd be on Reddit just to like read up on just like just random shit. Yeah, random shit. So I was reading about. Um, it was like a. I was in the Los Angeles Reddit maybe, and right. there was a traveling nurse who traveled here in a camper. Yeah, went to go work, and a bum stole her camper. <laughs> No, yeah, that, How? that's a thing How out here. Keys? So campers are easy to break into. Apparently, okay. like the Reddit, they were going in there like, "Yeah, you got to be careful. Campers are easy to break into. Homeless people are looking into that. We don't park our camper on the street no more. Right. We leave it in our driveway. Like it's a whole thing out here. Like that's crazy. Yeah, like oh, the homeless shit in LA has just turned LA upside down, bro. I went to where did I go to? I went to um go look at an apartment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about apartment hunting on Patreon this week, by the way. Oh, so get ready for that. But um, I went I went to uh, it was off Woodman on okay. Sherman on, Sh- on Sherman Oaks. I was like, damn, I'm hungry. I got about 30 minutes before I have to go. I'm gonna go to McDonald's and just pick up some bullshit real quick. Yeah. Terrible Enca- encampments everywhere. Oh yeah, it's crazy. I to man, I called three one one. The little, there little was- number, <laughs> the, the cleanup crew. Please don't tell people this. I did. This is- <laughs> Dude set up on my block. I'm like, bro, we not doing this. <laughs> and the fucking nerve, he came back. <laughs> he <laughs> said, I ain't bro, no bitch. He came said, back. <laughs> I've got to call him again this week. I, I, this is on my to-do list for this week. Bro, I'm not. Go around the corner. He not said, just, hit, just not on my block. Bro. I think that we, there definitely needs to be some type of reform with the homeless here. Like, they need to, they need to, like, stop, like, not arrest them but have more shelters for them Yo, like they got, there, aren't, there aren't enough the ideas are so dumb they're yeah. trying to get hotels to let them know how many rooms are unoccupied at a certain time so yeah. they can put homeless people in these hotels i'm like give you, them housing i'm like but just imagine that imagine you book a hotel in la mark <laughs> y'all here <laughs> exploring your new lifestyle <laughs> and you wake up the next morning and there's a homeless guy in the room next to you well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Bro, but I think video, they need I'm gonna to show have... you some videos. There's some videos on YouTube. These niggas be smoking crack in these rooms, doing all type of wild <laughs> shit. It gets wild when they start giving them rooms, bro. This is a thing that is not good. It doesn't work. I I I, I know it, it doesn't they work because they they, 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 they need, need shelters. Programs. Yeah, they need programs. And they need yeah, they literally need like help to get back on their feet. Am I wrong for thinking that they used to do that back in the day? What the home the hotel thing? Uh, not not the sh- the hotel, but the shelters and yeah, and treatment they have and shelters and treatment <clears throat> still, but it's just not enough. Yeah, I feel like the the amount of people that are displaced because of COVID, obviously rent has gone up here. Yeah. It's a lot of fucked up shit, and like. I know, like, we're being halfway facetious here with a lot of it, but it's like, this is a real fucking issue. No, it's bro, like, I, I, that's why I just know we live in a simulation because I believe that, like, the government encourages the homeless situation. They are. Because I, I, but I, I, but the thing is, is like, you wouldn't have the situation that happened out in, um, in K Town with that, that park, MacArthur Park, I believe, yeah. where they pushed them all out. Like, yeah. 
it's like, why would you push them out but give them nowhere to go? You know what Bro, I mean? Like they, they they taking over the park too. It's a park in Hollywood, like a little <laughs> small park. I used to just go and like jog around, work out. This shit, it looked like a campsite. It looked like Coachella. <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean, I don't know what the solution is. Newsome, man. I, if I was yeah, Newsome, you're terrible, bro. You you you're out of here. It's very, he, he about to run for president. Yeah, president of what? <laughs> <laughs> he about to run for president. Can't even run a state, bro. I think I, I mean there, there's certain stuff. There's like the insulin thing is pretty cool. I think that that's a, yeah. that's actually a really good idea. The, his, his his handling of the, the homeless thing to me is just terrible. Been like, been terrible. Um, he run for president. I'm about to get my political campaign shit. You about to you about to run? No, I'm about to get run against him or, or not run against him. <laughs> I'm about, about to, to campaign like, against him. You about to be like Kanye? I'm voting for this nigga. <laughs> Fuck this nigga. But, Can um, get him out of here? Got to get him out of here, bro. He's not the. I, one. I, but I, but I do I do think it, it's 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 definitely like a. How do we even get here? I know. How do we get here? We started talking about the crash, and then we started talking about different local LA oh, issues. This is actually pretty Reddit. interesting. Yeah. What, what did Reddit have to do with that? The campers getting stolen by homeless people. What did that have to do with the crash? Because <laughs> <laughs> she's a that traveling was, nurse. Oh, oh, I read on Reddit. What, what is she running from? <laughs> yeah, I read on Reddit. Yeah. Traveling nurses here in a camper. And yeah. She got stolen. That, that was crazy leaps, but that was a good yeah, couple minutes know. of local yeah, issues, though. I like that. LA people. Cause no, it was great. Cause it's just like it tied in just like the the the, the feelings in the city right now. Homeless, this car crash. What else? The homeless is definitely a, a big problem. But come on, man, you can't call three hundred one on a bed. Why? Why not? Hold on. They just like replacing them. Just get them off my block, bro. I don't, <laughs> they just replacing. Like, them. just put them somewhere else. Just off my block. I'm not like, bro. But I, I, can't I, walk I will down say. My street. I will say that like your street is weird where where you live at because like. There's definitely like a shelter around the corner from you, bro. And I feel like instead of just like them possibly arresting the the homeless people there, they should just take them to to and make sure that they they get the right amount of, of mental health. Get them off my block. That's all I ask. It's, it, it, your block is like really. It's like there's construction going That's on. That's why types they of think shit. it's cool because there's construction going on. So yeah. Like oh, it's construction. I could just hide out. No, get off my block, bro. Like I'm. Yeah. They, have they done anything wrong to you? <laughs> I, think, I, think, I, think, I think that's really what it is. I think that's what it is. This, this something happened. No, it's just an eyesore at this point. Nothing's happened, honestly. Um, you know, well, well, Josh, I expect you to be advocating for homeless, uh, for, for relocation and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, bro. If I was a, a billionaire, I would absolutely donate and try to figure. Like this, the homeless situation can easily be figured out with some type of plan. I just, why isn't there a plan? It's because they want to encourage this shit, and we got the money to do it. Yeah. And that's my thing. It's like California, like got bread to do it. You got bread to be sending us money for gas rebates, which I didn't get any of, by the way. But you can't help the situation. Like I, I see it and it's bad. Like I, I see kids and shit like that. And that to me, that's what fucks me up. Yeah. It's like the kids seeing yeah. the kids seeing animals Families, and stuff yeah. like that. Like Dog, that. Yeah, that's just crazy. That shit is. That shit. That shit is. Is and, and again, like I'm blessed to be where I'm at. I'm I'm blessed to you know all of that. But it's like. There needs to be some real reform, and I don't know how we got here from a crash that killed six people. What's the what's the plan, Newsom? I, I, I blame him for the crash too, bro. There's some <laughs> shit going on, bro. You what? It's a simulation happened. shit, yeah. man. It's a simulation shit. Speaking of simulation shit, monkeypox, man. Oh my god, bro. You understand? What what is it like in New York with that? Is it are they are they locking down or he is just it? looking at me like I was a terrorist because I had a mask on? That's crazy. New York is crazy. They damn near bullied like me south. to take my take my mask off. Where? <laughs> it's just funny the looks you get walking in with a mask on. Yeah. I'm like, damn, bro, I'm just trying to be safe. I felt, felt the same way when I walked into get my get a I was looking at an apartment and they were just yeah. looking at me like the fuck, nigga. 
take this shit off. Yeah, nah, the, the monkey pox shit is crazy. Um, because like, it's like we can't we can't breathe the air. Now we can't touch niggas no more. Still, well, this is the funny thing about America and people, and and this is people are crazy. Because look, I have not heard of anyone dying from monkeypox. And when when COVID dropped, niggas was dropping. <laughs> I have everyone who's anti vaxxer is like, yo, I'm where's the vaccine? I'm getting the monkeypox vaccine. Like I know, are so vain. <laughs> they do not want to get bumps in their body. <laughs> it's crazy how vain people are. Hey, physical yeah, appearance like, is important. I ain't heard no way. It's, all you get is bumps. And niggas is like, no, get, where is the vaccine? Where is it at? What are they doing? I'm standing out. I had people that tell me I, standing in the house. I literally saw somebody say, you got to be gay. And then so <laughs> I was like, bro, That's crazy. come on. Hey, <laughs> somebody was like, you got to be gay. I said, I said, bro, come on, man. People at, are crazy. At risk people first, just like it was yeah. with the fucking COVID vaccinations, bro. Come on, man. Like, you saw a tweet from um, Pete from QC that I thought was was funny. Oh, yeah. You can't repeat that where he said, "We're not touching them. We're just saying hi and talking. Yeah, we're just saying hi." <laughs> <laughs> like I feel you. But I, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's like it, I feel like the the PTSD that's going to come out of this generation of kids. Oh yeah, uh, it's like we've lived for a lot. Like if you think yeah. about it, we've lived through a lot of shit. We live kids, I, I think about kids. Like I seen a kid that just walked up to like a random, like I forgot what type of dispenser it was, but he thought it was like a, a hand sanitizer dispenser, just putting his hands in there, just waiting for the <laughs> that kid might have might have been. No, it's just like you, you, you're young kids. You seen your family. You doing this all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. just a, a motion you doing. Yeah, you're not yeah. even thinking about it. Yeah, can't even know. I mean, you should, he should be wiping his hands. There's a ketchup dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to get ketchup in his hand. <laughs> but no, like the PTSD from this shit is crazy because it's like once we feel like we like, well, we're not out the woods with COVID, clearly. But it's like once we get in this shit, it's like another thing. And it's like, yeah. but it, you do have a point with like people, even the most countryest down south Texas niggas is like, okay, uh, the vaccination is coming out next week. When, when niggas, when uh, the government said it's a national emergency or medical emergency or whatever, they was yeah. like, yes, yeah. <laughs> we got funding, bro. bro. I was people like, bro. Are, so vain. I, I have not heard of anyone dying from smallpox still. I just hear about the bumps. And niggas is like, I don't want the bumps. I don't want the, like, what? I, I don't either, though. I ain't going to get front. Look. <laughs> it, damn, we're not even recording right now, huh? Yeah, we, we are. Are we recording for Patreon, I mean? No. Oh, uh, no video. So, <laughs> J5, I'm going to show you. Okay. I had a, um, a rope burn. Where? On my uh, hand. Right, see right oh, here? I see right there. I had oh, this okay. rope burn from uh, moving my couch. Okay. I had a whole adventure. I'm going to talk about that on my Patreon. You talk about your moving shit. Okay. <laughs> had a whole adventure moving my couch out of my apartment and getting into a uh, couch. Anyway, I had a rope burn. It looks a little crazy on my hand. It looks Doesn't, like it hurt. Yeah. Looks like it hurts. <clears throat> looks like the beginning of some smallpox type shit. Does it? Just, I don't know. I've been seeing all the smallpox shit. I've been like, yo, right, like, don't, don't tell me you're on Reddit studying. No, that. I've just been seeing videos and okay. been having sores all okay. over your face. But your mouth, I see, <laughs> I go front. I seen somebody had a sore in their mouth that looks similar to the, how this sore on my hand looks. Yeah. And then the whole time I'm in New York, I'm like, damn, people probably think I got smallpox. <laughs> <laughs> it's monkeypox, nigga. Uh, and it's also, the same thing. Monkeypox like smallpox is like the same thing. Also, I feel like that's racial too. That's why I call it smallpox. It's not smallpox though. It's the same. It's the same, aren't they? 
I don't know. I I'm pretty sure smallpox and monkeypox are like the same thing, or it's the same vaccine. I haven't, I haven't tapped in with it's it. It's the same vaccine, I think. If it's not the same, but you know, them anti-vax doctors, they only they back on their bullshit. They couldn't wait. I'm already yeah. saying it contains the most dangerous ribonucleic uh, acid known to man inside of it. I'm like, all right, y'all couldn't wait. Y'all, y'all lost on the first vaccine. Now y'all, y'all circling a block on this one. I'm like, yeah, y'all just give I'm it up. Good. I'm good. I mean, I'm gonna <laughs> get it. Well, and you we can't get it yet. So. Shit, I'm gonna figure it out. I, you see, I got that COVID vaccine early. I was, I was a central worker when I got that shit. I, I got a little secret. I'm gonna tell you off here. <laughs> uh, how to be an essential worker? I got an essential worker. I don't jug. know. I don't know how. Essential worker jug to get the that like putting a handicap sticker on your car. Yeah, might as well be. <laughs> Christ, this episode is crazy, bro. All right, let's get off monkeypox on to HBO Discovery merger. Uh, a lot of people were concerned about this. A lot of shows got canceled. Thank God rap shit, you know, wasn't a part yeah. of these cancellations because um, it seemed as though through under the leadership of David Zaslav, who uh, was at Discovery, they they bought they bought HBO out and, and the WB out, that they are going to uh, basically stop all strict scripted programming. So a lot of things got canceled. A whole fucking movie well, got canceled. Yeah, they, they, that's crazy. A finished movie? I like, y'all not putting this out? That's some wild <laughs> shit. I, that's why it's too much money in Hollywood. Like, it's, it's like fake. That, the only had, time money seems fake is when it's Hollywood. No, nah, but I just had a conversation with a, dude, a producer, like a financier producer. Too. Yeah. Like, he's the one to put out the money. He's like, bro, I'm out of this shit. Yeah. Like, I'm done. He's like, I'm not doing this no more. He's yeah. like, I don't. He's like, I'm the last person to see the money in this. What, what sense does this make? I have all the money and I'm the last person to see the money. Yeah. And then I thought about this movie getting canceled. I'm like, who who put up the money for these movies? And, and who's getting it back? Well, yeah. well, How are you getting it back? And this, like, are you? The actors, I feel like, and some of the crew and all that stuff, I think the, the, the biggest shit that sucks is that they're never, they'll never see it. You oh, well, I mean? if you worked on the movie, you're paid. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm type shit. They were looking at some of the financials from uh, HBO Max from the the beginning of the service in 2020 all the way over how they had the movies coming out on HBO Max first and during yeah. the pandemic, which to me was a great idea, especially in like the, the biggest part of it was that we couldn't go to movie theaters. Yeah. I'm like, how is that not profitable? Because the thing with streaming and that's why, like, that's what I really want to get down to is that like, how the fuck is this even successful? Well, HBO, see, this is my thing. And this is why Hulu was killing niggas. They got ads all in that shit. Yeah. So it's like. And HBO added an ad tier later. Oh, okay. Yeah. They added, yeah. There, nah, there's you, an ad tier. You need that ad tier. Yeah. The ad dollars is what pays the bills. I but the that. thing is, I feel like more often than not, people will fucking pay for non-ads though. Oh, yeah. And then that's where you get them. Yeah. And But then you also get the ad dollars from the ad tier. And it's like, you know, that's just the game you play. I think that that's an underrated, undervalued uh, business model. That so, HBO didn't understand first early on. So they had a um an investor call, which everyone was allowed to see, which I was like, I feel is a public like people re- regular people should not be like allowed to see investor calls like that. I feel like it's like they don't understand a lot of it. I, I think that you know through the announcement of them saying we're going to basically fold HBO Max next year and it's going to be, become discover it's going to go into Discovery Plus, which we kind of knew was going to happen. Understandable. They bought them out. There was a slide that said what they thought of the two the two um, brands. So yeah. HBO was more kind of male focused. It was kind of they said it was like lean. It was it was lean in types of yeah. of, of, of content. Discovery was more catered towards women. It was lean back towards content. And I, I feel like a lot of people saw that those slides and they were yeah. just like, "This is what they think of you. This is what they think." Bro, this is why I don't be on Twitter, critics, journalists. It's so crazy. I don't know. It's this so is an crazy. Meeting. If you ain't got no stock. Why are you watching? Yes, move on. It's like other than like the announcement, which they could have just told us after it was over. But like 
they saw that and I felt like they they looked at it the wrong way. I'm not saying it's right, but it's how companies YouTube does this. Everybody Google does, does it. this. It's just them looking at data. They're not yeah. really. It's not data. Is not um. Data doesn't have emotion, yeah. connotation. It's and, just data. Exactly. And that's why people hate data in like music. Like yeah. because it is it's very cold, it's it's to the point. It's it's A to B. It's no gray area in it. And that's what they're looking at it as. And I said, hey, WB, they amassed forty three billion dollars in debt. I get them not putting out a ninety million dollar movie that they didn't want to be theatrical. I yeah. get that. My my concern is that they're gonna like kinda cut out all scripted so we won't see cool stuff like what nah, Issa Rae's doing I, I, I don't think that's the, the, the thought process there I think it's just cutting back on that there's yeah. a ton of new scripted shit coming out on HBO Max and I think the thought is HBO Max is going to be a scripted place it's yeah. going to be a little more curated a yeah. little more premium and then Discovery is going to be the unscripted place yeah. and you know they'll Which continue is- doing what they're doing unscripted shows do better than scripted shows yeah. and they're less expensive so um, w- WBD, which they're calling it now, did not announce the new brand name for the for their merge service, but they're basically worried about and focused on the ad supported versions of it, where they're exploring how to reach customers in the free ad supported space with content that's totally different from the premium VOD. So, I mean, they could be doing shit like having 90 Day Fiance air their Dan Date yeah, they're TLC. Do, they're just trying to do the Hulu shit. Oh, that's what it sounds like to me, but they're trying to figure... That's actually a really thoughtful thing to do exclusive content for yeah. the, the, a free tier for their free tier yeah. because it, it, it kind of it's like you'll take the ads but you'll also get this and you know uh if you have the exclusive if you have the non-ad free you'll get the, you'll get it without the ads it'll be on vod after it airs something yeah. like that which which i think and is a fair trade ad dollars up man yeah i seeing that man i'm telling you advertising is king that's where the money is so they need to get their backbone straight with this advertising dollars and they're like how can we do it how can we get more eyes on these ads we're going to put exclusive shit on the freeze here. These are some crazy numbers. Second quarter, HBO Max, uh, HBO Max, HBO and Discovery subscribers combined were 92.1 million. So that's higher than most. That's higher than like Peacock. Bro, you know the crazy like part that. about it is? I still don't know what the fuck Discovery is. Discovery is, is I have it, obviously, because I watch, like the, I watch trash be, TV. I think that'd be like the nature shows and shit, right? It's everything. It's TLC. It's uh, HLN, it's own, it's Whitney, uh, Oprah, um, Oprah Winfrey's thing. So you can watch all of her shows on that shit. Um, it's Annie, it's all of that stuff, all in one. Okay, Food yeah. Network too. Food, uh, ne- okay. Food Network. I'm gonna say it right now, Food Network and 90 Day Fiance is like the biggest kind of universe. And Shark Week because they got Discovery yeah. Shark Week. So it's like those are like the They're three like biggest. Forty eight. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like I, I get ca- kind of combining those. I think a lot of people. And when you first hear it, you don't really understand what it is. I just didn't know what the fuck Discovery is. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen other people asking that. Like, Discovery? What is that? <laughs> they expect to, by, by 2025, they expect to have 130 million global streaming subscribers and generate 1 billion interests. I think it's possible with what they're doing now. 98 Fiance doesn't seem like it's slowing down. That's like one of the biggest shows. I know you don't watch it. That's like one of the biggest shows on TV right now, bro. Like, they, people fucking love that show. Yeah, I know. I I've watched. I think I watched like a couple seasons of it. I just like that shit. It's a great concept, but then it's also like I I don't watch reality TV. <laughs> you live you live in reality, yeah, and it's just not reality TV. So fake. It's like what the fuck am I watching again? Like they just, love that shit, bro. Yeah. If if they had like a like my my wife watches like Housewives mm. and Peacock has all of that shit. Yeah. They get it first, and they got the the after show and all that shit. If they can come up with a way to kind of do a bigger version of that, I can see the Discovery side being popping. But then on the HBO side. Give us something. Don't take, but I, I mean, Curb is fine. That'll stay there. Succession yeah. is obviously fine. Like all of the bread and butter, Game of Thrones, all that shit, that's staying. I'm just interested in seeing again, as this shit grows, 
how it will change the way we look at streaming because Netflix had to lay off a lot of people. HBO Max is probably laying off a lot of people or in the process of doing that right now. You understand, every time I look on HBO Max, they got some new shit. Yeah. Shit in different languages and shit. They were just doing too much. Yeah. Like, how y'all got a whole international arm and it's like, y'all not even, your business not even solid. Yeah. Like, I'd be, like, it'd be some, like, titles. I'm like, oh, this looks good. And I look, it's like, oh, Portuguese movie. I'm like, y'all got an HBO Max Portuguese movie? I ain't watching that shit. Yeah, it's just like, but who's watching that? And how much do you spend? It's too much. Like, I would see shows like, I know people love the show Hacks, for example. I'm like, what? I don't even, I don't watch that. Or what's the other one? Um, Industry is another show people watch. But I didn't, I'm like, I, I love industry. I'm trying it to get back. through succession. Industry just came back. Is it like succession? Nah, it's different. Nah, industry is like about like, you enjoy industry. Yeah. It's like some corporate America, like, but like c- trying to come up in corporate America and like straight out of college type shit. It's, I'll put that really on good. my black I'll, girl in there. Oh, okay. She's good. She's really good in there too. And that, that wasn't canceled. So like, apparently there's, there's some value that they see in certain things, yeah. but it's like, it, it, you're right. It is too much, and it's like if I could just whittle it down to just the movies instead of y'all throwing me a new series every fucking week, then it's I'm just, good. It, it's a lot of like a, a lot of docudrama or docu series. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like it's it's a lot of they just had too much content, which I totally understand. Pull back, merge. It's HBO. They, they'll be solid. That's the. It's literally the best platform to me. Still. It's, it's still. It still is. I. I think a lot of people. Again, that's why I was like. I feel like this investor call was probably the bad, the worst, the worst thing to like let. Public people kind of got like because it's a publicly traded company, so you kind of got to let people know what the fuck is going on. Because people were were tripping, they was like, "Well, you t- you took away Batgirl." I'm like, "Nigga, I wasn't watching that shit regardless." So like, I don't know who the fuck was going to be watching that. And I love Batman, but I'm not watching the Batgirl movie. I bro. seen somebody <laughs> said that the, the outfits were trash. So I'm it like, was, they look terrible, yeah. bro. <laughs> look like some fucking CW shit. So like, at the end of the day, if they saw it and it was trash, then it is what it is. But I, I look forward to see where they go with this uh, later. But I mean, to, to, to bring around to the social media point, that really annoyed me that day. But something you brought up this week will actually kind of resonate. And when you said, you know, you were thinking about taking a social media cleanse. Yeah, no, nah, I just, I'm, there's so much going on in the world, man. Yeah. Like fucking homelessness. And you see it all <laughs> on the, <laughs> I must say car crash too. <laughs> it's a lot going on, bro. You're really on your Larry David shit this week. No, man. it's just so much. And it's all thrown at you. No, you know, what really made me think about it was with the car crash and the, the video you saw online after the fact. It's yeah. like I've seen in my lifetime so many people die I've online. I've seen too many dead bodies. Online. Yeah. Just like I've seen yeah. people get shot and killed yeah. online. On like, Facebook Live. Yeah, like yeah. I'm just it's just crazy at this point. So I just been like, man, like how can I just like peel back, pull back? Do you like, feel like we're like obviously we're desensitized? Do you feel like that's something that like will affect us like way later in life yeah, like yeah, even with just, our kids and shit yeah i think we're gonna be more cold people less yeah. empathetic like yeah. i think it's already you're already seeing the results of it with our kids and, yeah. and people are coming up and just the world how it, it feels it's a less happy place than yeah. it was back in the day it, and, that, and that's the saddest part because it's like you'll you'll go from you'll go from extremes right so you'll go from Khalees said something i didn't like let's shit on her whole career in her life <laughs> which is just like over Liquid. a beyonce album who gives a shit and then you'll see this crash and you'll see all the reactions to that. Yep. And I even thought that the reactions to that, whether like justified or not, like, yes, this person deserves to be um, deserves to be punished for what she did. And obviously she's going to get the consequences. But even those like some of the, some of the reactions to that seemed a little too much. Yeah. To oh, me. yeah. No, that's that's one thing I always chip off, too, about social media is like, I don't want everyone's opinion on everything. Yeah. We know too much about what you think. Yeah. Like, it, it's too much to have everyone's opinion. Like, I don't think we, we as humans are supposed to have this much information. Yeah. Like everyone and not 
information, but just like pointless information. Right. Like I like greens. <laughs> I like broccoli. Like, all right. Like, the, I don't need to know that. Like, the I, worst argument on, on social media. I, I, I don't, I, I hate it. It's not like I lean any way, t- shape or form on it, but it's like, it happens around every time of the year. Halloween time, everyone's arguing about candy corn. Oh yeah, that's only, like who gives a fuck yeah. about if you like candy corn or not. Yeah, when it gets hot, they're arguing about coleslaw. I don't like coleslaw, but but, it, but, if, but, that, if, but, but you, if you but, like coleslaw, yeah. I don't give a fuck if you like coleslaw. And not even that, it's like just even having that information in my mind now. It's like, <laughs> oh, I know that this person does like coleslaw. Like I, I could be something else more valuable in my head. Yeah, and that's what I don't want. Yeah, I'm just like <laughs> I'm tired of social media. Like low key, the only thing kind of keeping me here is like I need to promote these shows, yeah. and things like that. But like. I just want to just step back from this shit. This is too much. And then you get, again, the companies like Twitter, like Instagram, they're changing everything around to be like, I, I feel for, I, I feel for creators who, who people who wanted to yeah. make a full-time job out of it. One, one thing about creators, content creators, I know a lot of people shit on them and say like, <laughs> you need to get a real job. I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for y'all. I feel for them. Yeah, in I the better city. be investing in these content dollars. Y'all been living <laughs> off the land too long. This is a lick. Understand. This is not a real job. It's a lick. <laughs> But but it it could it could I've seen the, like the people that do it right they they've parlayed it into TV shows they parlayed it into hosting gigs yeah I mean you like gotta that. you gotta hustle I always wondered too like because um, I think about this shit with the content creators and it's like how long what's the show what's the show the life of a, yeah what's the show life of a, a rapper a celebrity yeah. actress yeah it's some are longer some are shorter but it's like with the content creator what's the it's like maybe it's would it be media because like who's who's a content creator like Jesus Amaro they were content creators yeah. They they kind of were they? I mean, they I were Twitter. They, yeah. they created content. They had a podcast. Well, I think of content podcast. creators, I think of like influencers and yeah. TikTokers and food bloggers and just like where did that? But uh, I hear you. Like, but they're content creators. You're right. You're right. Because right. the thing, the thing about a food blogger, right? And, and we had Chef K, K on here, yeah. and she she she's told us our opinion on that. It's like I don't think that whereas she could be on a TV show, I don't know if a food blogger. Is going to get on Food Network. You know what yeah. I mean? How, how often is that going to happen? Yeah, you got to you know? parlay it. You got to parlay the food blog and then something else and then yeah. something else into something else. And I think that's what a lot of these content creators lack. Right. They, and they can't take breaks. So it's like, again, we talk about the cleanse. It's like, but it, they might want to do that because it's like Instagram is not real. So it's yeah. like, do I go to TikTok or do I go to Instagram? A lot of my money comes from Instagram because they're basically, I pay to, to get good placements and stuff oh. like that. It's like, that's why I feel for them because it's like this is something where it's like we, we live in an unprecedented time right now where you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah. In our parents' time, they had to go to work. Yeah. They had to work 70, 80 hours a week. Now we can pretty much move on our own pace. I remember my mom was like, you get another job? I'm like, yeah, I got to. I don't have no loyalty to these fucking jobs. Yeah, There's no, they don't have no loyalty to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, but they'll stay at a job 15, 20 years. So it's like I, I appreciate and I, I salute them because I – like we said on we said on Patreon a couple weeks ago, like us being influencers, I don't know if that that'll pan out correctly unless it's something that it's like a deal that really kind of worked for us. Yeah, it's like <laughs> uh, it's not for everybody, and it's definitely not for me. I don't want to just go and walk on red carpets and yeah, like like I got invited to like the um Sweet Life on HBO. Oh man, red carpet. Like, Why did you go? Fuck, I want to rock that red carpet for. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't want to do a step and repeat. No, not for, like <laughs> not for that show. I was looking at each other first. I'm like, you know, invite me to the good shit. <laughs> <laughs> what, MC, what 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 red carpet you going to? Brazzers? <laughs> why did you why did you immediately jump into AVNs? Weren't you guys supposed to go to the was I supposed to go to one of those uh those cons recently in the past couple of weeks? Oh, uh, we're supposed to oh 
we talked about that. We're supposed to go to some con. We got to figure out. We, we just want to go to anime, uh, anime X. We got to figure out the con schedule and just like plan it out and do some. If y'all want to see us go to the con, let us know. Yeah, we're man. going to the cons. But the cons. what, what, what red carpet? You, what you doing? Step and repeat on Mark. Um, I don't know what business would I have being on a red carpet. Honestly, honestly speaking, Horn Man Awards, man. No, ain't none of that. Ain't none of that. If it, if it was a TV show, if it was a TV show. It would be completely different. But as far as like social media wise, like. I'm trying to think, would there be outside of promotion, Josh? Like what would keep you online? Um, that's really it. I mean, I like um I get my news and things like that from Twitter, but like I could get it from other places. Instagram Instagram, I don't give a fuck about. I feel like it's like I at one point on Instagram I was like, it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of ass shaking on there. It's still I mean, is. My, but, but my I've, account I've isn't out. like that. I've cleared it out now to where it's not too much ass shaking. Yeah. Um for <laughs> but for me it's like I um, think it was good when I was I unfollowed all of those. Yeah, it's just uh, that just shows up my explorer. I'm like, I just need to start liking other shit. Yeah, liking books and art and shit. What's your explorer page look like? It probably looks a little <laughs> tilted. Yeah, looks so terrible right your, now. Hey, no man ever wants to show off his explorer page, bro. I'll I'm show my explorer page. Hold on, I'll show my. That's almost page. like right. cheating. I'll show my explorer oh, page. You, yeah, you, have, my a, you have a wholesome explorer yeah, page. Yeah, my. That's what I'm saying. My shit like right now is like some clothing brands, like. Somebody just taking a picture in front of kids, some art. My shit might be demonic. Ooh. I'm not even going to lie to you. My explore page food. is uh, a little concerning. There's some food. <laughs> Basketball highlights, dogs. There's some wrestling. Here right now, yeah. It's a couple little models here. Yeah, my More shit got food. a lot of reality TV shit on here. A lot of I'm just I'm just gonna show I'm just gonna show it in the I'm just gonna show it in the in the video camera here and hopefully it can actually Damn, I just yo I just see um, and that's what I'm saying like my shit look good right now yeah Shout mine is is Frenchies dogs there's some titties on there I'm not gonna lie <laughs> would you would you consider would, would you consider Reddit as would you consider Reddit as your as part of your social media cleanse Josh because I feel like Reddit is probably the last thing that we have left as far yeah, as like a, for- a forum a forum I, I don't use Reddit yeah, like exactly social media though like I don't like I literally just go in there and read I don't type nothing I just look at different subreddits and things I'm interested in but you're right that uh, I really be going into a news section honestly and looking like at crime <laughs> seeing what type of crimes <laughs> people are committing. <laughs> I actually have a show idea that I'm about to pitch to you guys. Want to get off air? It's actually a really good idea. We should probably. You want to do? A, you want to do another show? Yeah, but I'm it, excited it's a about different, that. But it's a little different. Well, let's talk about Patreon. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> but I, I, I think that with, with you, Josh, I don't. I, I think that you tweet so infrequently as it is that, like, I already, I always no, feel like you're on the cleanse anyway. I, I tweet infrequently, but I'll be on Twitter. I'll be reading. What oh, y'all I know. Be saying, I'll be reading what all y'all motherfuckers <laughs> be saying. I'll be saying all the dumb shit. I'm like. Oh my god! Man. What did you feel about the social media reaction to the Beyonce? We got to talk about Beyonce album. I know I said I told MC the conversation is tired. I don't really have much to talk about it, but it was a you big my, social media moment. My favorite part of the Beyonce album is her taking Khalees off that song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just such a boss move. It's like I'll show you. Like man, I'm like, not even gonna comment. I'm just gonna take you off. In the song, I don't know which song it was, but me did, neither. Did you notice that? Did, did MC? Did you notice the the difference? Or? Khalees didn't even notice. Like if someone had this <laughs> sweeter ass, she probably listened to it. Just like oh, did you I notice didn't even get. I didn't even get to hear it. Some people said it was Get Along With You. Then some people said it was Milkshake. And then some people said it was some other record. And then Khalees didn't really, you know, mention it by name. She just said that Beyonce is a worker of the devil and Pharrell has never wrote in a record in his life. That's, bro, that sound like, that's, I'm, I'm not going to cap to you. That sound like, that sound like crack talk, man. I, what are you saying, bro? I, that's why I'm just like, but 
Kalisa saw it. Um, the album, honestly, the, we we haven't talked about the album yet. No, it came out the week that we did the show last, right? The album's good. Yeah. I think it's a good album. Um, I'm not gonna listen to it. I'm not a fucking yeah. Beyonce fan, but I think I, my first time listening to, it, I'm like, oh yeah, this she's a superstar artist. Yeah. Everything sounds a list. Yeah, like it's it like, sounds clear, crisp. Yeah, just like everything sounds like she had the best of the best working on it. Yeah. And that's something you can only get from like a Beyonce, Rihanna. There's right. only a few. Like even like a Drake doesn't really give you that all the time. And yeah. maybe it's not on purpose, but I tell you what, man, that honestly never mind has not left the deck. I like that album. It's funny. I was just thinking the other day, like we're not gonna get a tour of CLB, and that so was just kind of that's good. sad. Yeah, yeah, I I, I listen to CLB too. I don't know why. It's, I I still say it's my favorite. It's my favorite album of his of the past like two. Like, mm-hmm. but anything. Well, what was it? What was it? Views, More Life, Scorpio, right? Yeah. It's my Dark Lane demo tapes and then CLB. It's my favorite of the last four. So everything before Views mm. or, or everything after Views is my favorite of all of those. Like, I think it's it's it's, it's really good. Like, I, I fall off because it's too long. Like, after um after the Kanye diss song, that's when I turn it off. But, like, if, if he had cut it with the Kanye diss song, like, cut the whole album after that, it would have been 10 out of 10 to me. Mm. Like, it would have been great. Drake needs a tour. Honestly, never mind. It's just like all oh, like house club. What is he doing? Like I, I saw the Young Money thing. I don't know. He's just doing shit. Lil doing Wayne shit. talking about Carter Six, Nikki looking like Nikki. Man, she looks great. It's funny, man. Look, I love Nikki. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> we about to be honorary Barb's come August. Yeah, what is it? Twelfth. I actually need to order that shirt. I'm about to order the Barbie <laughs> Young Money shirt. <laughs> Did you see the one with the? Uh, what was I it? thought you were gonna get the Rick James yeah. Bedrock shit. I can make your Bedrock. That's what it says on the back. I'm gonna order all them shit. The Flag Father like Sun shirt. It's hard. It's That's hard. That's the one I really fuck. want. I literally had it in my like. Is it heart. out yet? Uh, should be. It's on. It's on Drake related, which is related, yeah. which is like the which is the best uh merch site that you could think of like. No one does it like this. I hope there's no music on this because I'm I'm visiting it uh live on air right now. Um, it too. But no, like I, I think the the Beyonce thing, it was a conversation. But I feel like, did you feel like people were kind of scared to say how they really felt about the album? No, I mean, <laughs> Beyonce just has like that that high where it's like everybody just likes it, and it's like uh, I mean, it, it's it's not the most interesting music to me, and that's I like interesting music. Like I said earlier in the show, like I like when shit's like a little off and people don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love this. That's why you like honestly never mind so much. Honestly, I really like honestly never mind. It's just the type of music I enjoy when I want to just have a good time. Like I, you could put that on an album on in any setting and just feel good. You could be driving, you could be barbecuing, you could just be doing whatever. And yeah, feel good. And that the Beyonce album is like that to a certain extent. But um, I don't know. Like I was at Soho House last night. Sounds- Listen to this nigga, man. I was. And, and no, it's funny. <laughs> you, hey, you hear how you slid that in? No, nah, MC. I was at Soho House last night. The Dumbo Jesus House, Christ. yeah. Right at the, <laughs> the end Dumbo of the show, House, too. Wow. That's actually one of the nicer. It's nice because the view of the, Br- the Brooklyn Bridge, I believe it is, but it's terrible because you can't smoke in that motherfucker. Like, how, how much is it to be in that bitch, man? I forgot. I think it's like seventeen hundred a month or something like that. Uh, not another month. I'm year. A I'm year? Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For what? Just to chill? Yeah, just access. Yeah. This is honestly, it's like a racket. I ain't. I, I don't have a membership. Clearly, I just pull up. I pull up. But um, it, the shirt is out. What? I'll send you the link to it if you want. Oh yeah, I'm ordering shirts right now. I, I just found it. All but right. I was saying this Beyonce album. I only hear it out. Like I was at this at this shit last night. Yeah. They're playing it there, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like I'm seeing the reaction. People are like the girls are dancing to it, but it's like y'all dancing like. Almost like a forced dance. Like everything feels like, <laughs> I, feel like I was forced to like this. Like I was just seeing some girls dance. I'm like, y'all really fuck with this? Or like it's just like forced. It didn't they, feel they cool. don't want to get attacked, man. It's the most rabid fan base. I don't know. It's like it's not even an attack type thing. It's like 
man, I'm trying to think of like a trend that happened and like it was like not the prettiest trend, but everybody was just doing it. Yeah. Fidget spinners. Fidget spinners. Fuck. There was nothing was like cool about spinners. fidget wow. spinners. Did you, did you have one? was doing Wait, wait, MC, you had one? Nah, I had one of them cube joints. So people had the spinners. I had the cube that you could just fidget with. I have a decent amount of things that I fidget with. I have this little piece of aluminum here that I'm literally fidgeting with right now, but I never had a spinner. That's that lifestyle talk. That's that lifestyle talk. (laughs) I don't know. I never had a fidget spinner either, but it was one of them things that happened and everyone had it. And you're like, why? Yes. I don't know. They became a thing. Pogs was another one. But I'm not comparing Beyonce's music. To <laughs> it's nah, 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 nah. You definitely did that. You did, you definitely compared it to a fidget spinner. <laughs> I just like it, just, it felt a little like forced when I seen these girls dance. I'm like, this feel, maybe it was just them. Maybe they just were having the force. Was it white? Were they white? They were, actually. Exactly. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm just stunned. I'm just stunned because I'm just stunned because Milkshake is Trash was literally something that was said this week. And that 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 stunned me. Like, Wait, you can one? be upset. The original or the Beyonce version? Oh no, the 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 original version. Because you know how people are trying to pile drive Khalees all week, and it was like, well, was Milkshake really that hot? I'm like, all right, y'all gonna be mad. We don't have to lie. Honestly, being we don't have to lie about some of those records. Yeah, I mean, I'm over the Khalees uh, conversation. <laughs> I'm over the Beyonce conversation. Me too. But we're at, <laughs> we're at an hour. Uh, thank you guys for listening <laughs> to the Black Bread. Of course, we got more. We got more more convo coming up on on uh, B sides coming out this week. Uh, right after this, you have another hour and some change, right, MC, of, of, of our conversation with uh, with Chris Sanford from Rap Shit. And uh, yeah, we had a great time talking about that. We got to get Issa on the show. You think I we know. get her on the show? Let's try, man. You cool. know, she says she's supporting everything that's black. This is the black plant broad. Like, I think that's. Yeah, and we and we did have some really good local L.A. talk that might that, that actually might pull it in. That might actually pull it in and keep it from a local standpoint. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. do that. We, get us on these shows, man. We, uh, with Justin Hillier hit us up and said, hey, man, just finished up. We just wrapped the pilot. Looks good. I'm going I'm to hit y'all back because I, I keep saying, man, I'm trying to be on the show, bro. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be on the show. So thank you guys for listening. For, for Josh Pease. Delta P, Young Money P. I just bought my shirts. Three shirts. <laughs> three? Off that? Just bought three Bed shirts? Bedrock, Barbie, <laughs> like father, Christ. like son. We'll see you guys in two weeks on the Black Print. Peace. I said, bitch, what is you thinking? We are the blanket. Bitch, ass on me and I got ranking. I'm studying ranking. Better stop messing to the hoes or you start shrinking. I know I'm a blood of a gang, baby. I know I'm a bitch. Yo, yo, yo. It's, it's Justin from the future talking about the past. So I fucked up. I didn't hit record when we started Blackprint Radio this week. So obviously, as you're hearing right now, there's no intro. Um, well, we we're talking to Chris Sanford. He was a, he is a writer for uh, Issa Rae's rap shit. Was also a writer on Insecure. And we're talking about his path to, to basically Hollywood glory coming from the music industry. Path to greatness. Yeah, path to greatness. So uh, obviously, you guys know now that <laughs> who we're talking to. But let's get into that interview with Chris Sanford. everyone thanks for tuning in let's start with a bop Oof, you guys are gonna love this one okay callers is the album worth a listen it's so good i bet you would love the intro let's play it Whoa. 
A win like that calls for some victory music. Shout out to my guy, man, Chris Sanford in the building. Yo, what's the deal, man? Appreciate that praise, bro. Oh, yeah, no, nah, <laughs> man. one legend to another. Nah, that's some real shit, bro. You really a legend out here before all the recent accolades. I think, you know, just your role in the, the L.A. hip-hop scene is, is is key and critical to everything that's going on currently. And, you know, just to see you kind of take that and jump into this Hollywood space, I'm I'm impressed. I'm uh, proud. It's, it's amazing to see. Yeah, it's wild when I look around at all of us, man, who transitioned from that shit or still in it, whether it may be. But just seeing where we started and that energy and niggas all wide-eyed and seeing where we at today, that shit is just, like, crazy, man, to really look around and, like, take a grasp of what we did and what we accomplished and, you know, where things are and still where shit going to go from here. Yeah, no, that's real. I got a question. This is off rip. I'm just getting <laughs> spicy with it. Did you just – have you, like, deleted all of your music off of, like, platforms? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, bro, you already know, like, I'm Z-share, I'm a media fire, like, my shit is not even, no like, that shit, I'm before all that, bro, yeah, the yeah. music videos is all still up, though, like, any music video, any freestyles, all that shit, if people be randomly hitting me, I deleted my old Twitter, but people be randomly hitting me, like, Yo, where's uh, I want to work with Quick or where's Dreams of Reality? Like, I man, I good luck. I don't even got that shit. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I want to work with Quick was a great concept. That just kudos to you for that. I remember you dropped that shit. I was like, yo, this this is amazing. This is a good good idea. Yeah, man. You know, it didn't work, but shit, I didn't work with him. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, you you could now. You, you could now. I mean, you know, the the door open here now. Oh, I'm, I'm retired from that microphone. Though, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Them days is over, man. And I, I kind of buried the lead here. I mean, we kind of just introduced, introduced you, like just put you straight out there. Of course, you, you, you know, what I'm saying you, you are, you're on East's team here. I mean, you behind the new show or one of the, one of the, one of the minds behind the new show, rap shit on HBO Max. Um, and we're gonna talk about that on the show today. But I really want to know, like, how did you get into screenwriting? and scripting from rap into that like that's that's two completely different worlds how'd you get into that man like it was a hard ass transition to be honest because um one people start to look at you and box you in like a certain kind of way and obviously that's what i was viewed as but like backstory behind it is like growing up my pops he was directing and doing short films and stuff when i was a kid he kind of like put that bug in me and then even when i went to um college you know I, I majored I wanted to be a journalist first and I switched to cinema television art so I was going to school to be a writer at all times but music was just like as Josh would tell you like the LA renaissance of music was just taking off at such a crazy rate but like it came a time like in 2016 where I was just like or 17 where I was kind of like hitting the wall with music and I just wasn't fulfilled and I had me and Calmatic and and even some of the guys from Overdose, we had been trying to transition to get film and television popping because, you know, Overdose and shit, we was known for our original content and our videos. So, like, every meeting we had, everybody always wanted to see what we were going to do as far as taking a jump over to features of TV. So I kind of parlayed that into some relationships. And uh, at the time, to go back a little bit, too, when Pharrell was first trying to sign Overdose, he had... Um, he had this company, I Am Mother, mm-hmm. and he was producing season one of uh, Opera Black Girl because he was also doing like digital or season two. I'm sorry. He was doing digital content. So I found out about Issa through Pharrell at that time. 
And then I knew Insecure was coming down the pipeline. And when I was transitioning out of music, I'm like, the first place I need to be is an L.A.-based show on HBO. Like, mm. there's nowhere else for me to start my career. And I was tour managing Casey at the time, and we was on the, the High Road tour with Wiz and Snoop. And I was like, this is going to be my last shit. Like, <laughs> tour, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I'm going to figure it out. And, yeah, I started with Insecure. It was coming, and I got off that tour and, like, made the complete jump straight into insecure from from there and i had to work my way up bro like step by step that shit was not pretty man tell us a little bit about that like that's one thing I, i've always been curious about just like how do you make that jump like i kind of know what it looks like in the corporate world it's like coordinator and then you're like manager and then senior manager director and then you know in rap you kind of know it's like oh you're like just a homie then you're like the road manager then you're the manager and then you know exec whatever so, like, tell us a little bit about that, um, you know, just the levels to getting into Hollywood and just what you had to go through. Well, there's, you know, no one road is the same. Like, everybody can take different routes. You know, some people are recognized for creating their own short films, their own web series, or being a talent, like a stand-up comic, whatever the case may be. But for me, that was not. Like, I literally came in and started, like, the traditional. I came off the road, bro. I thought I was going to be in a writer's room, and I ended up being a PA. Like, mm-hmm. that was the first shit I did. And it was crazy because we was filming Insecure on the Sony lot. And, nigga, you know, everybody signed to Sony. Casey and Overdose is signed to Sony. Right. So I'm walking around a lot. And fucking Tudgy and Sylvia Road and <laughs> Courtney, all these motherfuckers is seeing me carry lunches and shit around a lot, bro. It was crazy. And it would literally, like, be like, respond to this email, nigga, while I'm... Because I'm still working with both of these yep. artists at the time. So, nah, bro, I, I worked my way up from there. I went, then I got into the writer's room as a, a writer's PA, then I was showrunner's assistant, then I was writer's assistant, then eventually staff writer. So, like, I did the whole step-by-step. Step. That's, like, a fast way to say it, but that shit was, like, five years, nigga, from 17 till 21, you know what I'm saying, 2021. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, Hollywood is, like, would you say it's a, it's a it's it's like a I mean obviously it's a different beast. Would, it, would you say it's like a lot more cutthroat or is it a lot more like yo like you got to be on your shit to do that? Man, I don't. It's tough. Like I'm jaded, so like to me, nothing <laughs> is worse than the music industry. <laughs> like I take anything over that shit, dog. Like for real. But no, nah, Hollywood is crazy too, and it's like I'm still learning as I go. Like. But I just like that Hollywood got protection, bro. It's unions. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, I ain't got to chase down everything. I'm in a writer's deal. You can't pay me nothing less than what's on that rate or this union is coming after you and you paying fines. Like, it ain't no protection in the music industry unless you incorporate. If you're an engineer, even if you're a manager, like, whatever the case may be, like, you know, there's no infrastructure or no protection for not really anybody. So for this, I feel like more safe, more secure on this side. But it's just as cutthroat. And it's the same politics. That shit is all the same across right. the board, both sides. But music is just less protection, I feel like. Oh, yeah. And you could definitely you, you see that. But like coming up in in the ranks, like what are, what are some of the like the, the craziest things you've seen, like just being like a writer's assistant, PA, all that stuff? Like what, what, what are some of the things that made you like look at it from a different point of view? Like, oh, yeah, this isn't the music industry at all. Man, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> well, for well, for one, it's just way more like for the most part, and people in Hollywood might not agree because they don't understand, but that shit is just way more professional. Like you have to come in, you have to work your ass off, and you have to be held accountable. Where that shit ain't really always like that in the music industry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that um, it's just 
it's just a certain level of dedication that you need and you need them in both i'm not trying to shit on on the music industry at all even though i will but 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 no you need them both and like i just realized because that shit is like this shit is not for the faint of heart like this shit is hard ass work and i'll be telling everybody that shit who want to get in this is like i worked 12 to 14 hours a day for like five straight years like that's what it is in this industry whether it be on set in the writer's room and like you always on call you never off especially when you in those like assistant positions and writer's assistant and showrunner's assistant and shit it's just like you are always working dude every single day it's no clocking out of that shit which is it goes both both sides i'm not trying to say that you don't on the other side i just think one requires a little bit more professionalism right right yeah and and i mean it, it has to be again a culture shock just going into that and seeing like, okay, now I'm, I'm next to, I'm, I'm seeing Issa make all these deals and, and stuff like that. Like, what has it been kind of working under her or working next to her rather, you know, w- within this whole thing? Man, intimidating as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I go, hold y'all dog. Like Issa is a beast. She like the hardest working person I l- legit have ever seen. Like I-, I tell people this one story all the time. We was uh, in the writer's room. I think it was season four of Insecure. And first of all, she just like, nigga, like the quarterback. She first one in, last one out. So, like, I used to get to the office at 7 a.m. And she would already be there writing. So, I'm getting here at 7 a.m. She already there writing. And then we did the full writer's room day. Well, half of it. But we had to go to set because, of course, she's a lead. But I was doing a cameo that day, too. So, we worked in the writer's room. Keep in mind, she was already there at 7. So, I don't know what time (laughs) she got there. 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock, maybe. You know crazy man so we get we go to we leave the writer's room at like 3 30 she go do hair and makeup i do hair and makeup too and all that shit and we go to set fast forward we're filming that block party shit in season four where she performed and we shut down market street yeah bro fast forward it's like literally 5 30 in the morning the next more the next day and she doing that fucking arguing scene with with Molly, with Yvonne Orji, and I'm just sitting there dead. I'm like, I can't even move. How the fuck is this woman putting this performance on right now? And she answering emails from the trailer in between takes and, like, giving yeah. notes to the art department and giving notes to the writer's room on scripts and shit. I'm just like, I can't keep up with this shit. Like, she, is, she is intimidated, man. So, But, no, I just see what it takes, you know what I mean? I see the discipline that it takes to get to where she's at. Like, it's not just oh, I'm going to come in, I got ideas, and everybody want to work with me. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm going to have to really put do some shit <laughs> to get to that level that she's at. Yeah, no, that's a great point, man, because when I think about the differences between, like, Hollywood and, like, the music industry, it's like, it is discipline and it is real hard work. Like, you know, in music, you can kind of, like, swag your way through things and just kind of <laughs> just be cool yeah. in certain environments and, you know, mumble rap and, and be a star. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know that shit ain't flying in Hollywood. They're not just letting anybody kind of get anything off. And you, yeah, granted, you do see some terrible TV sometimes and some things that kind of pass through. But more more often than not, it took you know a lot of hard work to get to that point. And I think that's something that's kind of lacking in music sometimes. No hell, and it's like, bro, like even just something as simple as like even don't get me wrong. If The Rock shows up three hours late, The Rock is gonna like, what are you gonna do? The Rock is showing three hours late, <laughs> <laughs> but it ain't it. Actors got to be on time, but that shit, like, ruins your reputation. Whereas, yep. you fuck, like, artists, them niggas could 
be late as fuck to a show. It start whenever they get there. Everybody gonna kiss their ass. Like it ain't like this that. Is crazy. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like artists sometimes pride themselves on being late. Sometimes <laughs> like they like nigga. Nah, I'm about to be on time. Let me hold up. Let me just do something <laughs> stupid real quick. <laughs> Let me go shopping real Let quick. Let me make a stop real quick. <laughs> so yeah, bro. Nah. Fucking Lord Hill got a whole brand about just being late. Now yeah. That's a part of the whole gimmick. That shit is crazy. Yep. Yep. So, um, your relationship with Issa Rae, like, how did that, how did that start? Did, did it come up through, like, some of your connections within the L.A. music scene? Or, like, what, what how did you meet? And, and how did she say, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to take you under my wing? Man, well, first, honestly, she was a huge fan of Overdose. Like, big fan. Like, she was super tapped in. So, like, when I started working on Insecure and she started seeing me and I'm letting my intentions be known, like, she's not that type of person where, like, you just gonna come up to her and I'll, and if you do do that, she might she's gonna be cool on you, but right away like <laughs> pitching her shit or letting her know what you're trying to do, you know. But I just started having conversations with her about LA music shit or just about how we grew up. She she went to King Drew with my cousin. I went to Westchester and Overright with both of her siblings. So we just kind of bonded over the music and just the the LA of it all. But then just me, you know, proving my my work ethic and being the like I, I said before, being an accountable collaborator with her, like she can trust me, you know, like I had to really prove myself in those writers rooms, prove myself on the page, you know, that I'm worthy and trustworthy because all of our reputations are on the line with each project. And she's not just going to put her neck out on the line for anybody. So it kind of just cultivated year by year. Like I never forced anything. Like I never pitched her none of my shit. When she asked me what my ideas were, then I shared them. When she asked me to help write scenes, then I write scenes. You know what I mean? Like, right. I just let it kind of naturally progress, but also by showing my dedication. Like, I just year after year showed up on the show and worked as hard as I could, no matter what the job was, until the time came where she was like, all right, you know, creatively, let me see what you got. Like, I know what you can do from a, like, a coordinating or from an administrative side, but let me see what you can do creatively. And then proving from that side, you know, over and her to trust me and be one of the people that she wants to work with moving right. forward. Right. Yeah. And, and and again, it has to be like, okay, you know, you showed, you showed her what you could do. What was like that first point where she was like, I'm going to throw you out to the walls right now. I want to see if you can sink or swim. What, what was that moment for you? Oh my God, dude. It was, it was so <laughs> crazy. So like being a writer's assistant, which is the person in the writer's room who you take the notes every day at what all the writers are saying, you organize the scripts, um, you organize all the outlines. You're like basically the brainchild of the room kind of because they entrust you on keeping their vision intact and organized and detailed. Mm -hmm. And every time, how we did in the Insecure was we would all break story as one group and then we would split off into two different rooms. Issa will one, run one room and Prentice will run the other. So I was in Issa's room one time and you know, I try to plan my weekend out and we were doing <laughs> one episode and she sent, she assigned some scenes over the weekend. I'm like, cool. She going to, the writer's going to send me their scenes over the weekend. I'm going to compile the script or whatever. And then I looked at the assignments and I had like six fucking scenes. I was like, Shit. what? <laughs> I'm like, what the, f and I don't know what, I'm like, is this her testing me? But like, I had to change my whole plans for that weekend. I was like, dude, I'm about to lock the fuck in and write the hell out of these scenes. Like, I'm going to write them three times over before Sunday came and she could just, you know, see what I can do on the page. Cause like, that's when I feel like that was my first shot for her to really see my writing on the page on her show. Yeah. No, that's, that's, it's crazy, man. Like I, I, th I think about that show and I think about how LA is such a character 
And, um, you know, I wonder, like, Issa's from L.A., you're from L.A., like, how many people from L.A. are in the writer's room, or were in the writer's room on that show? Um, me, Issa, Prentice, um, Sarita, and I think that might be it. Forgive me. Oh, and Kyra. Kyra, uh, who else was in the room? But all really from, like, L.A., L.A., too. Like, Kyra is from Florence and Normandy, like. Sarita went to Dorsey in Hamilton. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know what I mean? And yeah. Prentice went to uh to St. Bernard's. Like, it's like real LA people in a room. And it's like, obviously, we all have different experiences in the city, but we try to breathe as much culture and as much authenticity to the characters and to the show as possible, especially with we don't get many chances to represent our city in that way. And you know, it ain't really been done on TV like that since Moesha. And it's like, we yeah. gotta really we yeah, since Moesha is crazy. No, nah, it's real, man. I think it was <laughs> yeah. all the time. Like it's not, and that's why I love Justin Kier so much because it, it was the real LA. Yeah. Like you know, even scenes like um Worldwide Taco and like right. the wait there, like that's like some LA urban legend shit, and they put that <laughs> on the on the screen. So, um, yeah, no, I think they did a really good job with just like really you know being authentic to what LA really is, and not just like you know the Hollywood version. Yeah, and. Some people be mad because, like, now Worldwide Tacos is blowing up and every white people be pulling up to that <laughs> shit. And they blame it secure for the longer wait times. But we all know Fred just nah, be on bullshit. That's business shit. <laughs> Y'all just experiencing it now. Yeah, so we're going to take a quick break real quick. We're going to talk about rap shit after the break. Before we do that, we're going to take a break. We're going to play some something new off one of my favorite albums of the year so far, man. This is definitely slept on. The Kent Jams album, Fan Club. We're going to play the Graham off of that definitely if you hear this you probably do what he's talking about in this song so we'll be right back on black pair radio Some, that was that was some real Florida shit. Shout out to Mark. Shout out to Mark. That was his high school uh, graduation song. They <laughs> sang that as a group. <laughs> I'm not that old now. Hold on now. <laughs> Listen, man. I we had to play that for Chris. I know. I know that song probably gave you PTSD. You probably heard it mad times over the past year while 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 helping pen rap shit on HBO Max. But that was that was Kaya with the King Wang. Of course, the instrumental of that used on rap shit. Oh yeah, man. We. We went through that a billion times, dog. <laughs> so many fucking times. Did you uh did you write Shauna's verse? That's what that's what the streets wanna know. That's what they've been saying. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna find this funny, bro, but so I wrote the the Bernie Sanders shit. <laughs> 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 I'm crying. But, but but nah, they had they man, you know, Issa's team radio, they hired Dreezy wrote a lot of our shit, and oh, she shit. was, you know, she's oh, wow. super dope. But yeah, um, radio they hired so many songwriters. They had like a camp radio thing out there in Miami. We went to the studio. They had people in every room, like ten different rooms in that bitch. It was a whole compound. It was crazy. Energy was crazy. It felt good to be back in the studio like that and just kind of give some of the artists and the songwriters and producers like, you know, vibes we were looking for. Just talk to them about story and character, and then they. They came up with shit, but Dreezy and Pineapple City for sure wrote uh, most of the raps for the girls. 
Okay. No, that's dope. No, I love the way just music has just been incorporated into the show. I mean, it's called rap shit, so you, you expect that to be, you know, the crux of the show. But I feel like a lot of times when, you know, TV and film do, like, rap-related projects, they do it a little corny. Like, even to a certain extent, like, um, Hustle and Flow, like, with 3-6 Mafia, <laughs> like, that was dope. But, like, even Terrence uh, Howard was a Didn't little... Didn't feel legit. Yeah, yeah. But, they had to teach him how to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, but Shauna, I mean, Mia is a rapper K-Million, but Shauna feels authentic to, like, what a rapper would be if they were, like, that type of rapper. So, it's, it's dope to see. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, our, our lead, uh, Ida, who plays... Shana, she has a lot of similarities to the character, and she, an artist herself. So we drew a lot from her too to put in the Shana. So it was great. Yeah, and, and I mean, just speaking of all the the, the heavy hitters in that writing room, like on rap shit, like you're once again working with the team from Insecure, but you also have people like Kid Fury's there. I right hear. Um, what what was that writers' room like? What was that experience like? Man, we honestly, I, it was amazing. But I will start off by saying, for people who don't know how this shit has been impacted by COVID, being on Zoom for a writer's room fucking sucks, dude. It oh, is man. so bad. <laughs> so, like, we, w- when we did the first shutdown, we did the Insecure Room, we had to go on Zoom. But, like, everybody knows each other. It's, like, camaraderie there. There's shared history. And, like, even when we're dealing with just the world being shut down and Zoom being terrible, like, we knew each other on rap shit. Like none of us really had relationships like that. So we had to like try to form a bond over zoom. <laughs> so like every day <laughs> we would come in with these icebreaker questions and like you have to talk to each other, get to know each other. And then everybody's also at home. So like they can't kick their feet up. Like if they were in an office, you know what I mean? They might have their mom come in the state cause it's COVID. And now they mom is sitting in the living room. They're not going to talk the same with their mom there. Or they got the <laughs> fucking plumber coming through trying to fix their shit with a mask. On. It's just like zoo in general, like is such a nuisance to writer's room, but we, we really like fury was so great. Like we started off the room. He's from Miami. He sent us this email, like the first one of the first days of the room that had all these like Miami and Florida specific songs from like 2005 until like present day and just like what they meant and where he listened to a mat. And it was shit that I just never heard of. And it just like got us really ingrained in like the Miami music culture specifically. And like, you know, he just brought so much. And this other guy we had in the room who's a creative and writer and director from um miami who was one of our consultants named edson who worked on moonlight as well they both just gave us yeah they both gave us so much of that miami culture and that authenticity especially comes to the haitians and the real miami miami's a lot like la man where it's like when you're from la hollywood or any of those things associated with does not represent la natives and south beach and anything over that bridge does not represent real miami so we have to like <laughs> learn that and learn that culture yeah and, and and i have to imagine that like obviously you guys are right into an la perspective on insecure and everything else you guys have been doing miami had to be a new challenge because again you had to get on the ground floor there and, and really learn the lingo the slang the neighborhoods and all that stuff Oh, yes, 100%. That's why this last episode was so important to me. Uh, the third episode, Something for the Hood, is because, like, even we had a lot of PAs who were locals, and we were filming in Opelika, Liberty City, Lil Haiti. Like, we, were, we weren't at we were at the office, you know what I mean? Like, right. that's one of the ghetto strip clubs <laughs> out there, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
And yeah, we was really just trying to like really show how where they live. And it, it has this like Miami's not an easy place to film for production at all. Like the weather, they don't have the infrastructure that LA, Atlanta, or New York has. Mm-hmm. So it just has its challenges. So anybody that has any gripes, it ain't the easiest to film in y'all city. So we tried to do the best we could, you know, because we would lose a lot of locations that we felt like were authentic or businesses we wanted to highlight. Yeah, we because like, always get them, but we tried our best. Yeah, my, Miami weather is like so schizophrenic. It's like it's raining at one point, it's windy and raining at another point, and then five minutes later it'll be sunny. And I know like continuity is really big on in, in filming stuff, so it's like you can't have rain on the ground, you know, at once in one part, and then it's sunny on the, on the other part. So that must have been a challenge itself. Oh man, we had rain, thunder delays, lightning <laughs> delays, or just days were getting shut down so many times and now you're just sitting in your trailer for like five hours hoping (laughs) it stops raining because you can't even do film during the thunder either like you have to pause for all that shit so it's like you know it it did have its challenges but it's rewarding to see like you know people that feel represented feel seen like i said we had a lot of locals that were pas and we were or any anybody in the crew and we would be filming and like Liberty City or like I said, Little Haiti or Opalaki, any of those places, they like, man, don't nobody ever be over here and like y'all doing it right. Like that that shit felt good to me to be representing somebody's city the way I want to see LA be represented. Right. No, for sure. Um I mean even even with this, did you feel as though there were any stories within rap rap shit and and this was with you or any other writers that they drew from like anything that they had seen or been a part of that you were able to kind of kind of take from from your own experiences and and it kind of fit better within the Miami experience? Um, you have to like find it for the Miami experience. I know like in general, that's what we do in the writer's room. We come and we're as vulnerable as we can be. We share our lives and Prentice would say that too. And Insecure is just like, he wants our his writers to have lives, live lives and come back and share it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we share it. That should be like therapy in there. Sometimes you talk about shit <laughs> that you may not even feel comfortable yet, but the space just allows for that. And then you try to see where that fits in and how it relates to the characters specifically. Like, you can't just put, you know, it has to be specific to the characters that we're depicting and that we're showing grow over the course of these seasons. But yeah, we share so much of our lives personally, like, even like for something like Shauna, who feels like in rap shit, who just feels like she's being slept on and feels like she has more talent than everybody else and everybody's overlooking her talent, focused on the wrong things. Like, we've all felt like we've been slept on at one point in our lives and, you know, talking through stories like that when that applied to you or even in um, I believe it was episode two where she FaceTimes her friends, Jill and BB and she first FaceTimes Jill. I'm sorry to try to get the hookup at Spotify, but it's mm-hmm. like Jill has a career of her own. Like how does that feel when your friends are trying to get the hookup when they don't have oh, nothing man, to show man. for it? They're not ready. Hey. And, you know what I mean? It's like they're trying to come shit. to you for a play. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, like what do you, what do you have to follow up with? You know what I mean? Like you're not even, you have a viral, a, a half viral video with no song and you want me to show this to my boss. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It, and that's, and that's an experience that is like that that's universal when in any job and any position that you're in, how many times you know whether it's the three of us on this call like where it's like someone's asking hey man you got i know you got the hookup at this place can you you know pass my resume over and then they might not get it and it's and then it's like they looking at you funny it's like bro what the fuck like did you even it's like i can't i got my own shit that i'm worried about you asking for something else like that that's a real ass story yeah no i i I definitely felt that scene just like (laughs) it's so funny too because it's like that shit happens so often and like you never see the other side of it and i think you guys did a good job of showing the other side and showing just like you know i got way other shit to worry about and like 
this is crazy. Like, you don't think this is crazy? Like, what, what the fuck? So. And yeah, we want to just also show how, like, the history of Manic Shana has just been. Like, she wants to be on so bad, but, like, we, we get it, you know? But also, I have a career to look out on my own. And, like, those type of situations, we, we always try to, like, think back to our lives when that happened and apply them to the characters. And then specifically, like, in music, I, I tweeted this. I was glad we got the highlight in the Lamont and Emilio uh, scene where uh, Lamont was asking for his updates on his invoices oh, yeah. from his engineering <laughs> and his producing. And, like, I was selling the writer's room. Shout out to THC, Ricky, and uh, Axel. But, like, I just remember so many days. Or even shout out to Eric, too, who used to engineer for Overdose and uh, Casey as well. And he's, he's still with Future, so shout out to Eric. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, so many times where they would all call me. I remember one time, Axel, like, his <laughs> – I love Axel, but his self-awareness isn't always there. <laughs> <laughs> And he called me one time, cussing me out so crazy over invoice. I'm like, first of all, bro, do you like why are you talking to me like this? You talking to me like you want to get physical, actually. So <laughs> you're going too crazy. But like, I felt this frustration. It's like, and there's nothing I could do. Like, I'm trying, and and it's and the engineers are like pit against the artists that they're working with or the producers. When it's like, no, like these labels need to be paying. I can hit the same person as you. I can hit business affairs. I can put pressure on my A and R, maybe, but. It's just the reality of it. And that's what I was talking about earlier about the protection that these people just, there's no unions for engineers. There's no unions for producers. So I'm glad we were able to just, even if it was small, highlight things like that that happen in the music industry. No, that's that's a great point, man. I, I, that's really why I love this show. Like, I love catching the little music industry, hip-hop nuggets throughout. And uh, one thing I hit you about instantly was just uh, Mia and Shauna's name. And those yeah. kind of being uh, derivatives of Mia X and Shauna from Chicago. Um, what other hip hop details that you guys have like sprinkled throughout like you know the first couple episodes? Man, so if you if Issa's been like tweeting them, so it's like it's it's good to catch on. But like every episode, we have like either viral or historical like funny moments from like women in hip hop, and we'll put them in the dialogue. Like the last episode when the um when Chastity walks up to her uncle's house and. The ladies are walking out, and she says, "You in the hood now, baby." That's from uh, Lil Kim when she was in the uh, the Gap or the Old Navy commercial for the holidays, and she said, "You in the hood now, <laughs> oh, yeah. baby." For the hood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got those in like every single episode, and even uh, the something for the summertime, something for the girls get ready too. That's from Sweetie. So we like have these dialogue that are like tied to either a viral clip from women or just in hip hop, women in hip hop or something that is historically great. And then also all the characters from the main cast anyway, and sometimes the side cast were, were named after rappers like Cliff, uh, Shauna's boyfriend is named after Clifford T.I. Mm. So we just, you know, most of them are named after hip hop artists, but we got those like, you know, little Easter eggs sprinkled in. Yeah. Uh, how, how, um, speaking of women in hip hop, like, we we know that city girls were were you know they were kind of involved with the show as well. How hands on were they within the process? They worked mainly with um, our creative producers over at Hooray. So like they weren't involved with like us directly. But early on, I know that Issa and her team had a lot of calls with them early just to talk about the show and talk about ideas. And then, um, like I said, they were like involved with Coach K and Montreal over at Hooray. They had like a lot of conversations about story points or anything that they had ideas on 
But, um, you know, also you don't want to do it's not their story, too. I know people think that like <laughs> it's inspired by all women in hip hop. They just happen to be from Miami. But, um, yeah, there's there's a little bit of inspiration from them there. And they were involved on more of the executive side. Um, not so much like in the exactly in the writer's room. But, uh, yeah, you can't do a show in Miami about a female rap group right now and not have the support of the city girls. Not at all. So um, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ask you a couple more questions when we get back on Black Print Radio. Josh P. J. Five here, Chris Sanford. We'll be right back on the show. I'll never see what you see in AB, Josh. Uh, I just seen you know, the Miami legend. He was on the topic. I was like, why not, man? He's a superstar. He actually is about to have an amazing rap career. It's, it's coming. I feel it. Crazier things have happened in hip-hop. Um, I'm all in on AB right now. Oh, my God. Black Panther Radio, J5 with Josh Pease, MC on the boards, Chris Sanford here, writer on Rap Shit. How do you feel about AB, Chris? I mean, he's Hall of Fame, but <laughs> off the, I don't know, man. Like, he's gave us real, like, I ain't gonna lie. What's the, uh, Pit Not the Palace? I was playing that shit for like two weeks when it first came out. I ain't gonna hold you. Man, Chili Waters? That's a fucking record, bro. <laughs> like, who would have thought he had one of those in him? When you said Hall of Fame or two, I just thought about his bust. <laughs> like, imagine what his Hall of Fame bust looks like. It's gonna be him doing a dance. Dance <laughs> <laughs> in the bus. <laughs> Oh man, the dance oh, is going so crazy right now. Too. Oh my god! Uh, but you know, speaking of speaking of, of of Black history, Black legends, I wouldn't call AB that, but you know, you guys did. So <laughs> <laughs> there's been like kind of a a, a renaissance of, of Black film happening right now. Jordan Peele coming out the gate with Nope, doing great numbers. You know, one of the, I mean, to me, one of my favorite movies of the year. There's countless other, you know creatives coming out the 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 woodworks and the gates doing a lot of great stuff within the hollywood space like what are your thoughts on this right now and, and just in terms of like how a lot of you know black creatives have been able to get their voices out there especially within hollywood yeah it's amazing i tell people all the time like i just there's if this was the old days especially for someone like me it would have taken me 10 years what it took me to get in five you know mm -hmm. what i mean mm -hmm. and i just think that there's opportunities right now afforded to people who are deserving that is have always been deserving but the door is just open in ways that it never was before but that does not mean that we have reached the mountaintop like there's still so much more work to do like i'm happy to see everybody i'm happy to see you know everything from that we all can exist like there can be an atlanta there can be a rap shit there could be an empire there can be a power there can be, you know, just so many different black shows speaking about black experiences and different point of views and different voices. But I think that we still have, you know, a while and a ways to go just because, you know, we're still not at the point where we're afforded the same opportunities that our white counterparts are afforded. Because right now, if you are from Atlanta and you go pitch a show, 
from a different perspective from that same city, they're going to say, oh, we already have Atlanta. Well, that's bullshit where they can make sex in the city and they can make girls. There's not one show about white women dating in New York. <laughs> There's shows that have existed beyond time. And like if you same thing in L.A., if you were a woman who doesn't identify with Issa or Molly and you want to tell your perspective about an L.A. story, a lot of times in these meetings right now, they're going to tell you where insecure already exists. Mm-hmm. And I think until we can get to that point where we're able to tell different perspectives and different um, voices be heard around, you know, even if it's coming from a similar place, like it's still diverse, it's still different stories. And until we can break down a wall and be able to do these things, I think that, you know, we've come a long way, but there's just still so much more work that I see that needs to be done. Yeah. I mean, has there been any experiences like personally of, of you having that type of struggle or something that you might have seen in coming up in the past five years where it's like, you know, it's it's definitely it's better, but it's not perfect. It's not where it should be. Yeah, I think it's just that. I think it's like what I spoke to. If it's just I've seen people just or network studios, whatever the case may be, just kind of like box us in and just think that since one exists in a certain space that an, another one can't. And, um, you know, we have to work tirelessly to let them to know and understand. I understand it's a numbers game too. Like mm. a lot of shows with black audiences, unfortunately are just small because, you know, everybody's not watching a black show. Like I'm watching Barry, I'm watching Succession, but like you have to like try to get other audiences and cross over to, you know, watch our shit and that it is what it is but um you know i think that's just the the uphill battle but that shouldn't anybody out there listening like write your show write your experience we just have to do the work to like continuously break down these walls and these barriers that have been there and hopefully these studios these networks these producers everybody will take more chances and be open-minded about you know there's so many different great stories that deserve to be heard and deserve to be seen the black experience is not monolithic. It's not just one point of view of voice. There's there's people from the exact same places that Insecure took place that are nothing like Issa, Molly, and Lawrence. And that doesn't mean that there's a blanket representation of everybody here. One thing I was going to ask you next, literally, like, what are you watching on TV? But then you said something, and I was like, okay, I got to ask him about this. You said Succession, and I just finished the season. Oh, I just finished season three a week ago. What did you feel about season three? What did you feel about the end of that? That was the finale of Succession season three was one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen (laughs) in my life. Like, that is my favorite show. One of my favorite, if not my favorite, one of my favorite shows right now. And, like, I'm just a sucker for anything super character driven. And I just love seeing that moment where Roman had to really finally stand up to his dad to have his brothers back. And he could not. He couldn't do it. I hated that shit. That shit was so crazy. But that's who he's been. Like, he's cowered throughout the series to his father. But to be forced to do that because his brother just damn near committed suicide. His brother had to break down right in front of him. Like, and he always tries to joke through that pain. Yeah. And like, he's like a little boy. He's like a little boy. It it takes it back to the, um, the first hostile take Josh, are you this far in the show yet? I am. um, Okay. Yeah. It's funny. Succession is one of those shows where it's like so many white characters. I just forget (laughs) names and shit. I know who Roman is, but it's like, it's too many white faces. I'm sorry. Hey, no, I'll feel you. I'll feel you, dog. Damn, are they going to introduce another black character that's not Sanaa Lathan? I, I, I really need that. <laughs> I think we need that. Yo, I remember. 
I remember one time somebody I used to like, I still do. It's like one of the funnest shows, but it's not as I've gotten older. Entourage isn't what it used to be to me, but I still love it. Like it's one of my favorite shows ever. But I remember somebody was like talking shit about it. It was like, it ain't no fucking black people ever in Entourage. Bow Wow was literally in Saigon. was like the only black people throughout the whole eight seasons. That's like Friends, though. There was never any black people in Friends. Ever. Seinfeld, you know that's your show. Seinfeld's that's your my shit. shit. There's some black characters, man. The Ooh. lawyer, Jackie Childs. Oh, they just God. actually brought him back for like a Snickers or some campaign. It was so random. But um, but no, Succession is is definitely like one of those shows where it's like, I think a lot of people look at it like, oh, it's, it's rich people problems. I'm like, no, it's it's really not. It's it's like literal generational trauma on screen. Yeah, it's, it's family problems. It's a tough show to watch man. at times. It really is. Yeah, it's crazy to me like seeing a family that no matter what, like they put that's what was crazy to me about the finale of last season, but they always put business first. It's like, damn, you can't be there for your father right now while he's either going crazy about to die, just had a stroke, or or for your brother or for your sister. It's like none of that shit matters in their world. It's like they will cut their fucking own siblings or their father's throat. And it's like you don't have compassion for your family member first. It's like business comes before personal and that show at all times. It's just crazy to see people navigate that to me. And that's why I thought the finale of season three was so was so poignant because it was the first time the siblings had actually put personal first. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where it was like they actually cared about, you know, Kendall for the first time. And they actually because usually in the last couple of seasons, it was like, oh, they'll joke about it. They'll call him a crackhead and all this other stuff. But it was like, you know, uh, Roman would still bring him a gift. Or, or Shiv would ask him how he's doing, and it, it would be in private moments. But it, it was like the first time they were united front. And it was like, yo, I really hope they bring that to season four. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for that show. And one of our directors from um, Insecure and from Rap Shit, Kevin Bray, he did episode five. And he directed almost – I think he's directing on every season of Insecure. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, he, dir- he directs on Succession, too. And, you know, just we've had talks – I've had talks with him just about that set and about, you know – the actors on that show and it's it's very it's it's also just good high quality work from yep, <laughs> cinematography right. to right. acting to literally everything the blocking on that show is crazy like it's it's just well done top to bottom what what else are you watching um man i've been watching everything lately like i watched the bear i watch winning time um i really love barry um Obviously, watching rap shit in real time, um, and I'm rewatching. I'm rewatching. I didn't. I never finished it back in the day, but I'm like, I'm in the middle of like rewatching The Sopranos right now. Uh-huh. And dog, that shit. Like the first time I watched The Sopranos, I got to like season three, and I was just like, eh. But then I'm rewatching <laughs> it now. I'm rewatching it now with a different perspective, and this shit is like my. It's like one of the greatest shows ever to me right oh, yeah. now. I'm just mind is blown. Yeah, no, Sopranos is definitely like top five. For me, I, and it's funny what you just mentioned about Succession, just like high quality content, just mm-hmm. great writing, great cinematography, great blocking, just great. Everything just feels just like like you're watching like a Scorsese film. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, nah, they, they really killed it on that one. And, and it's funny, like you said, The Sopranos, is, it, it hits a little different like when you get older because it's like I look at The Wire now that I'm, I'm older and I'm like, damn, like there's certain things that was kind of. I didn't even notice the first time I was watching the the, the wire, and then I I got it later on in, in, in my second or third rewatch, and it's like that is timeless TV, and I and I think that's what like everyone should really kind of aim for with that, and I think again I think Issa has that she has moments, you know what I'm saying? Everyone remembers a certain moment from season one, from yeah. season two, of insecure, and I, and I think it's again those are the moments that kind of resonate with people. Yeah, I think too, man. I agree. The wire to me is the best show of all time, and. 
we have me and Josh be having these talks in, in this chat we got, but uh <laughs> some people think Sopranos is better, but I'm like, nothing has ever made like I understand everything about the city of Baltimore from the politics <laughs> to the school <laughs> system to the streets, like all that shit, how it's interweaved, the police department, how none of that shit works. And then I also understand how the individuals are impacted within those systems all from watching that shit. But that's because the creator, David Simon, was a fucking reporter in Baltimore for 20 years mm-hmm. and his co-creator was a cop for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So like nobody can speak to that shit the way they can. And they really understand it from, from every political standpoint. So like they have knowledge to be able to speak on that shit. And Absolutely. I think it translated. Absolutely. If you could write on one show, they say any show, we're going to give you blank page. You can write it, new season coming up, whatever. What show would you want to write for? Ooh, Man, coming off, it would have, I don't know. Cause like, <laughs> though, to me, like, I would obviously, I would want to say my favorite show is just The Wire, but I just don't think that, like, that's a little too political for me in the writer's room. <laughs> like, I feel like, even though it's, it's definitely character driven, I feel like politics led that room, but I, I excluding The Wire, I'm going to have to say, man, Atlanta season two, like, I wish I could have been in that, that writer's room. <laughs> like, that was one of the, one of my favorite seasons, the most creative, and it was so relatable. Like, I ain't going to say no no names at all, but I remember one episode in Atlanta season two um, where they were in the studio with the rapper, and the rapper was being so mean to this engineer, and they reminded me of this producer that we work with in L.A. all the time who treats white engineers like trash. Dog. <laughs> and I was like, how are these niggas getting shit off like this off? Or the FUBU jersey episode, bro, that same shit happened to be at Westchester, dog. I came with the the Jordan. I bought an authentic, I thought was authentic. I didn't know. I bought the Jordan Michelin S from the Hovian. And somebody else wore one the same day as me. And our shit was not the same. And I was like, I'm going to just go ahead and tuck my shit in because I don't know what's cracking out here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, MC, I I know MC had a question about the, you know, MC is actually from Florida. And, you know, he he, he fucks with rap shit because there's so much, you know, Florida history and stuff that he's come from. MC, what would you you have to ask? Chris, you had referenced a list that I think you said Kid Fury had had brought it up of the Miami records that he loves and where he heard them and how it influenced him. Hearing that out of town, were there any of those local records that like jumped out to you and caught your ear on that list? Because I always love people being able to hear our local records and our local classics. I'm not from Dade County, but, you know, Broward County and Palm Beach County always spread these types of records and always loved them. So were there any records on that list that really like caught your ear? Man, I would have to go back and get the name of it, but it was this like T Pain song before he was T Pain. That shit was so <laughs> muffled, it was distorted. It sounded crazy, and I was like, "Damn!" Like I could just imagine. Like it just reminded me of like I don't know. Like to me, I remember when I first started touring, and our DJ would play like Sugar Free and shit out of town, and nobody would know who he was, and I would be so yeah. confused. Like what the fuck? So when I heard that record, I just was like thinking back. Like this feels like that to uh, people in Florida or Miami to, you know, Sugar Free is to us. So I would have to go back and look because it was so many songs and I just was clicking just to hear. Like I wasn't, I didn't save too many of them, but it was just this real rough old T-Pain record. Like I would have to go back to that list, that email. But yeah, man, it was, Fury is like, I, I really I really fuck with Fury Heavy, man. Yeah. yeah, T-Pain was such a, T-Pain was such a moment out here. And um, 
uh, how can I explain it? Being able to, to to see within rap shit, like the differences of like the Creole slang and things like that, being able to implement those into the show has been crazy. But from a rap perspective, to be able to, to, to see that records like grime mode and ball greasy and things like that, being able to influence the show is something that I can't wait to see. Yeah, I hope we, we you know, again, we we really tried our hardest to to pull it off. It wasn't easy at times. And that was like one of the main points of this season was just to come here and represent them the way that we represented LA out here. And obviously we aren't mm-hmm. from there, but, you know, we have Fury, we have Edson, and then a lot of our cast is from Duval or from Fort Lauderdale or from Miami. <laughs> like, so we have a lot of Florida natives on there and that's what we appreciate about Jean and Daniel so much. Uh, the ones played Maurice and Stanley at 103, they're both Haitian and we were just letting them, you know, tell us the slang on set. And they were speaking authentically to like the Haitian scammer culture. And I remember it was one, I'll just say this to, to make the point, like there was one time we were set decorating one of the rooms and it was like, we had Haitian um, religious stuff up in the room, but then they came in there and were arguing like traditional Haitian Christians wouldn't have this in here versus a Catholic or whatever the case may be. And I was just like, trying to argue and make the point to our set day people like we have to get this right like there's no way we're about to come in here and misrepresent you know the culture by having mixed images of what you know is just jumbled up like it has to be very specific to you know this culture so we really we really tried yeah so uh we're at the hour i feel like these hours go by so so damn fast but chris thank you so much for being on the show man is there anything else we want to plug other than rap shit um not at the moment man just check it out we put a lot of heart blood sweat and tears into this and um you know it's it's something that we're putting out there that we hope represents people right it's a different story it's a different lens um than you guys may be used to from from isa but you know hopefully everybody loves it and you can enjoy being on a journey with shana and mia yeah man no thank you though like i it's funny man like i Seeing you in this space and seeing, you know, like we talked about early on, just the transition from, you know, rapper, manager to writer. It's dope. It's beautiful to see, man. Like, and you really, you're doing the work. You're not just out here just kind of like posturing and just like swagging your way through through it, like how most niggas do music. So, you know, I just want to say I'm proud of you, man. I'm glad you came on the show. I think this was like a really insightful episode. Um, I always say this, but this is one of my favorites. I can't wait to listen back. <laughs> I appreciate the time for real. No, I appreciate you, bro. And I'm proud of you, too. Proud of both of y'all. You know what I mean? Again, and shout out Kyle Maddox. We got to have him shouted out over here. Yeah. We've been trying to get Kyle Maddox since this show started. He's too busy being the director's <laughs> chair, man. He's running it up. <laughs> we get. We got to make a petition. Yeah, we got to make a petition to get him on here, man. Yeah, we, we definitely. Uh, I'll text him about it. We'll, we'll get it going. I'm gonna hit his agent. We're gonna get it. We're gonna figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, as always, you you all you can listen to the replay of this if you subscribe to our Patreon. Five dollars down. You'll hear this on Friday, and uh, everyone else will hear it publicly when we release the main show next week. Uh, thank you all for listening to Black Print Radio on Amp Radio. Um, We'll see you guys in two weeks. Actually, no, we won't see you guys in two weeks. We'll see you guys in two weeks on AMP, but we'll see you guys in a couple days on our regular show on the Black Print. So for Josh and MC, I am J5. Peace.